Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, December 7th. Time for Destination Health. We do have a guest joining us today, a returning guest, Eric Miller from Garmin. If you have any questions about Garmin products, we'll be taking those today. So jump in. We're going to open the phone lines right now, 855 950 3835. It is Destination Health today, but we uh, will make an exception for all of the Garmin products if you have any questions about those. Uh, I said this once already, but my mic was not open. I was watching my meters. Everything looked perfect, except I forgot to unmute my own mic. I'm on a, another new audio setup today. So we're still testing technology and devices and trying to get everything the way we want it. So I think it's almost always operator error. I should know by now that if there's a problem on the show, I should just stop and figure out what I did wrong because it's almost always me. All right, so I brought Lauren in once, but she couldn't hear me, so I'm going to bring her back now. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. There you are. <laughs> well, that's so much better. Yes, now I can actually well, you can hear me now. Yes, that's exactly right. I, I thought that I got buzzed in, but I couldn't hear anything. So I just, I figured you would figure it out. So yeah, it, here it, we are. Yeah, like I said, it seems to always be operator error. So I should just stop and figure out what I've done wrong. <laughs> well, you figured it out. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. So what's on your mind this morning? Anything new and interesting? You know, that's a good question. I was just wondering what exactly I could tackle. I feel like we've had some good questions come in about cold and flu season um, recently. So I'm going to dedicate the Q&A later on today to talking more about boosting the immune system um, and some functional approaches to, you know, once you are sick, what do you do? So I, I thought that would be a good topic for, for a little later. And maybe after we talk Garmin, we might, we might you know, have some time to chat about it here too. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because we really don't like pre-plan our shows. You and I don't get together and talk about it. I mean, we don't even text each other. We usually just jump on here and do something. And the same with Eric. I mean, Eric's been here before, so we didn't really work on this. But the only note I had for today was cold and flu season. Um, and I'm actually going oh. to tie it into our Garmin discussion when we bring Eric in here. So uh, that should be interesting. So we're on the same page. Perfect. Love that. So let's, uh, let's just get to it. We do have the phone lines open. If you have any health related questions, jump in and join us. If you have any questions about Garmin products, now's your chance to get an answer. 855 950 3835. I want to welcome back Eric Miller from Garmin. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. How about you? How were your uh how was Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving giving was good. I'm actually interested in your topic though, because we ended up most of my family ended up with flu flu A over over Thanksgiving, so that was so much fun. 
Yeah, oh, I'll oh. bet. I'll bet. So, yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. So, I haven't been sick, sick in about eight years since I really started down the health path and really cleaned up my diet. Every now and then I'll think, oh boy, I'm coming down with something or I've been around people who are sick many times and I'll think, I think I finally got it. It's usually later in the day I start feeling that way and I think, yeah, we'll see what happens when I wake up. And over and over and over, I'll wake up the next day and I'll be just fine. And after a while I started thinking, you know, I was exposed to something and I'm sure those beginning symptoms were you know, the virus or whatever it is starts to multiply. And then my immune system did its job. The only exception to that was earlier this year. I took off on a trip in the coach. I was driving a lot of miles and working. And then I got to our big trade show of the year, the one I just missed you by minutes at, at Louisville. So you know what that show's like. There's 50,000 people there and you're shaking hands and taking pictures for three days straight. Uh, And I left there and I got sick. First time in eight years. And it wasn't COVID, but it was pretty rough. I had uh, about four days where that is the sickest I've been in a long, long time. There were a couple things that I I mentioned back then, that mistakes that I made. I stopped supplementing completely. I don't know what I was thinking either. Um, Part of it was I forgot to take my vitamin D drops with me on the trip. And I could have just had them shipped to me. And I thought, "Eh, you know what, I'll just take a break from them. Um, I didn't take Cardio Miracle with me. That's one of my daily supplements. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to see what happens if I don't take those things. And I got sick. And I thought, well, it could just be a coincidence. But I I was working on this whole idea of, you know, cold and flu season. Now we might have to come up with a new name for it because... Now we're worried about flu, RSV, the cold, COVID. Um, so I went back and started looking at my numbers. There was something else really interesting about that time. Now, I had stopped supplementing. I was working way too hard, driving too much. And, you know, I was back at, at home and I was around, you know, my family and old friends. And I was drinking a little more than I normally do and staying up later but I got looking, the the day that I got sick, about two days before that, my HRV had bottomed out. It was the lowest reading I had had on HRV in years. And it was, I'm sure, the the way I was living, the I wasn't eating quite as clean, although my diet wasn't that bad. I took a lot of food with me. Um, I wasn't supplementing. I wasn't sleeping as good, a little more alcohol. Doesn't that sound like all the things we do during this time of year with all the parties and food and the beverages and the holidays? Right, Lauren, you were just talking about this. Absolutely. This just happened to me two weeks ago at my sister's wedding. Remember, I told you it was the perfect storm. Staying up late, alcohol, not getting enough sleep. Yeah, all of that is the perfect storm for getting sick. And it's it was kind of interesting that even as healthy as I am and as, as you know, I haven't been sick in so many years, but that's when it happened. And the HRV, I think, really is one of our best indicators. I think something we need to add to that list is is monitor your HRV. We should be doing it all the time, but monitor your HRV and, and you know, protect it. Don't let it drop. And I, I think that's a really good indicator of how healthy we are overall. 
Agreed. Eric, any thoughts? I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, tracking, tracking a lot of those things over time, uh, with some sort of HRE, HRV tracker, like a Garmin watch, uh, you know, those types of things can just, just help you understand how your body's working. If you're having an off day and you don't know why, uh, there's at least something that can kind of tell you, Hey, there's something weird here. Your, your, your body battery or your stress levels way off. So those are all HRV based measurements. And then we kind of do some HRV status now where if you wear your watch while you're sleeping, uh, we can kind of measure your sleep score and we can measure all those types of things. It's pretty cool to, to be able to see all that data, but it, it, you really just need, you know, just kind of be wearing your watch a lot to, to really be able to see trends. And then uh, if you do get sick or if you uh, have days where you're just feeling really lethargic, um, being able to kind of pinpoint what it, what's, what's what caused it. Is it, is it one of those, you know, yeah, we had a, a different kind of thing in my schedule or is there really an illness going on? You know, the other thing that, that it's really taught me, you know, we, sometimes we've had this attitude, you know, we, we always talked about this in the gym. I owned a gym for a long time. Um, you know, that phrase, no pain, no gain. You know, we, we've kind of, got this attitude yep. sometimes that we have to just push through, you know, and, and pain is all part of this. And certainly I've talked about the the stress protocol, the, the basis behind the stress protocol. You do have to make yourself uncomfortable. I mean, that is what kind of makes us more resilient to stress is to kind of push through some of those uncomfortable things, whether it's the the breathing or the cold exposure, the resistance training, the IR sauna, they're, they're all uncomfortable, but they're, they're really uncomfortable for very short periods of time. And that's how we build that resilience. But sometimes I get that mentality of, well, if you don't feel good, just push through it. And what HRV has taught me is that's not a good idea. When, when your HRV continues to drop and you keep pushing, you won't recover. And there comes a point where you have to say, okay, I just need to take a step back and do less, not more. I need to recover. And then then when I get that, that recovery in somewhat, now I can go back to maybe adding some of those stressors in. But it, it all correlates so well that, you know, reading and watching all of these things, when when we do the things we shouldn't do, and I have to throw alcohol in there because it makes a mess of your readings. Blood sugar's a mess, HRV tumbles with just a little bit of alcohol, and then we're more likely to get sick. I mean, none of these things should be surprising, but I guess what I'm surprised about is how accurately we can measure all of these things now. Mm-hmm. Garmin makes it so easy. It, it, it really does. And, and this, like I said, the, the HRV reading, I've been, I would have to go back. I bet it was five or six years ago I first started playing around with HRV. And you had to have a chest strap back then. Nothing else would measure HRV other than the chest straps. And worked with a couple of software companies. And I knew there was something there and it was important, but we just didn't quite have the right way of reading it and looking at it. Um, and, and we've really come a long way. Eric, just the last couple of, uh, of updates have added some really nice features and just different ways of looking at things. I, I love the, 
the HRV scale now where it, it gives us our, our raw score, but then also shows us whether we're balanced or unbalanced? Yeah, I, I think that we've, we continue to update things. We continue to launch new features. Um, since the last time we talked, um, didn't I, didn't, last time I was on, I mentioned all the index products to the index scale and the blood pressure monitor and those kinds of things. Have you had a chance to, to use any of those or have those improved your life at all? I, I, we have them both in the store. I think we sold out the first batch. We put them in the store. People are, are loving those. It's just such a, you know, kind of the way I look at, at Garmin now on the health side of things is the same way we've always looked at Apple products for our company. It, it's really nice to stick with one kind of environment for technology. Technology is complicated enough when you start mixing and matching and lots of different devices and manufacturers, it can just become a nightmare. So we're, we've been Apple across the board as far as our, our technology and that works out well for us. Now I'm really almost all in with Garmin. I mean, I, I, the watch, the, the scale, the blood pressure monitor, the, uh, the headset and the, uh, the GPS and the truck. So that's really kind of become our go-to for all of this. And it just works really well together. Uh, I, it's funny if you go down in what I call the biohacking lab downstairs, the gym and where I have all my equipment, I actually have three scales. And many days I get on all three of them um, when I check. And it's just a comparison and again, as much as I like some of the other scales I've had over the years, I pretty much default to the Garmin now. It gives me every reading I want and need, and it just integrates so well with the other products I'm using. Yeah, I really do. I like that product a lot. It actually, it helped me lose lose weight when I first got that product. It was just, a, it, it was just nice to be able to hop on there once once a day or once a week or something like that and just kind of see trends and everything just gets measured and you don't even have to look at the thing <laughs> you don't, it doesn't even matter because it goes it all syncs to the it, to your cloud account and to your garmin connect account and you can just view your trends over time later when you're ready to look at it exactly and that it's just so seamless the way everything works together you know has anybody come up with a better name for these devices rather than just calling them a scale. I mean, I, I know that's what they kind of started as, and they do give us a weight, but there's so much more information there. It's almost like we need a different name. Yeah, I know what you mean. We, I think what do we call We call it the index smart scale. So we, we added smart to it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's fancier. so much more than just a scale. You know, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, comparing our iPhone today to that old rotary phone plugged into the wall that I grew up with, it's, should we really call it a phone? I mean, I know I can make calls on it, but it, it does so much more than that. It's the same with the scale. I know I can get on and I can see what I weigh, but that's honestly, when I get on that scale, my weight is the least important thing that it does. My weight almost never changes anymore. I mean, for years I stay within you know, about a 10 pound range, um, almost all the time. Very seldom do I go outside of that range as far as weight. It's the other measurements I'm really looking at when I get on there, hydration, 
Um, you know, is, is my body composition changing? Hopefully, I'm, even though my weight is staying pretty consistent, hopefully I'm losing body fat and gaining muscle mass, and it shows us all of that. So we call it a scale, but that's, like I said, the, the least important thing that I use it for. My, my weight just isn't that big of a deal. Did I lose everybody? Yeah, I'd say yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm here for sure. I, I, I think that's awesome. Good, good for you that the weight's not a big, big, big part of the deal. That's <laughs> a yeah, big it, one it, I focus on. You know, eating the way I do, weight has become just uh, almost a constant. I mean, it almost never varies. And the beauty of this, and I know people who haven't experienced this, that it, it, it's hard to describe to them. We tell people all the time: if you are eating correctly, if you're eating the right food. You don't have to think about how much you eat, when you eat, none of those things. You can forget them all. Now, we talk about fasting and, you know, timed eating and windows. And most of that is when you're trying to get healthy. And, and that may be years for some of us. I mean, I, I, after eight years, I still feel like I'm making improvements in my health, which is pretty incredible. But I'm at the point, and I've been there for several years now, even though I may say I, I still practice those things and I do intermittent fasting, I, I don't think about it anymore. I don't, I'm not nearly as strict as I used to be. For the most part, if I'm hungry, I eat. I eat as much as I want. I, I don't allow myself to be hungry. Um, there's no real reason to. And I, my weight just doesn't fluctuate. And, and really, that's the way it should be. You know, when we look at animals, there are no obese animals not living in the wild. If they're eating their natural diet, they never get obese. People say, oh, look at elephants. Well, they're not obese. That's how they're supposed to be. Do you ever see a skinny elephant? So when, when animals or even humans, when we eat the food we're supposed to eat, we don't have to think about it. We, we shouldn't have to count calories for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, human beings didn't know what a calorie was. Now we're so calorie obsessed and it didn't do anybody any good. We started focusing on calories and people keep getting fatter. So it, it, it's really, you know, I try to tell people, it, it, if, if you get this right, if you're eating the right stuff, you can forget all that diet advice we've had forever. And, and you just, you just eat and, and you don't have to think about it all the time. Very true. Eric, uh, anything else? I know we, we've mentioned the scale, the blood pressure cuff, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got those back in stock again in the store. I know when we first put them out there, they, they went pretty quick. I highly recommend them. I use them just about every day. You know, blood pressure is another one for me. My blood pressure normalized years ago and really doesn't vary I tend to use the, the blood pressure cuff now if something is different. You know, there are days where, I don't know, I get too, too wrapped up in things or too involved and I'll notice on my watch, maybe my heart rate's going up. Normally that's an indicator. I might go check my blood pressure just to see how things correlate. But, you know, after a while, my, my blood pressure kind of gets boring checking too because it's always right where it should be. It's still nice to have that uh, that verification that things are working the way they're supposed to. 
Yeah, I, I find the on the blood pressure side of things, I find that a, an interesting story, especially for truck drivers. Um, and I think you you understand the application for truck drivers a little bit better than I do in that, you know, it can be tied to even their the CDL, right, where Absolutely. they do have a history of, of high blood pressure that, that, that they have to kind of keep track and, and be measuring. And so I think that that's a... a it's a good product to potentially have at home so that you can kind of see what, what your, what your normal, what your normal is or while you're out on the road, it, it can come with you and it, you can always kind of gut check what's normal um, as often as you, as you want at your own convenience and not in the stress of the, of the actual doctor's office. You, you know what we found by, by getting people to check their own blood pressure on a regular basis. I tell people two numbers you should be checking no matter how healthy you are. I, I continue to check these two. I don't do it as often as I used to, but I still do it pretty regular. I very seldom go a week without checking these. Blood pressure and blood sugar, and they're both so easy to check yourself. What we really learned with blood pressure, we had drivers who were, you talk about their, their CDL, what'll happen if their blood pressure is normal, they'll get a two-year card, if everything's normal, but we're just gonna focus on blood pressure right now. They'll get a two-year medical card, meaning they don't have to go back and go through this physical again and the paperwork and the hassle for two years. If it's elevated, the then it becomes the doctor's discretion. They may get a one-year card. They may get a six-month card. And in the worst-case scenario, we've seen people get a three-month card, and then they've got to go back. And this is when the doctors start pressuring them to take medication to control it. And that's never the answer ever. You will be on that medication the rest of your life. If you take their advice, we fix blood pressure issues all the time. There's, there's lots of ways we can do this, but what we found was people were getting limited medical cards when they truly did not have high blood pressure. All they had was what all doctors know of, white coat syndrome. They show up at the doctor's office. It's it's hectic. It's nerve wracking. They're not comfortable. We've watched. I, I've been in these physicals myself. I know how they, they work. I have, I can remember one time I had one day left to get my uh, CDL renewed. I ran into the doctor's office. I had to get a physical before I could get it done. I got down there with like 15 minutes left before the clinic closed. I was in um, my, uh, when I had the tractor and the, the show trailer we pulled around. So I had to park way out at the other end of the parking lot. I ran into the building and the nurse literally stuck the blood pressure cuff on me. And she said, I'm going to take your blood pressure. And I said, well, that's not going to do any good. I guarantee you it's elevated right now. It's probably through the roof, but they still take it. And, and so many times we've seen that the way that blood pressure gets taken at the doctor's office, there's so many problems with it. The way we should do this, we should be consistent. You should always, just like blood sugar, you should take your blood pressure first thing in the morning, get a baseline reading. Don't drink caffeine. Don't do much of anything. Wake up, sit comfortably in a chair with your feet flat on the ground and your arms supported. And don't talk for about five minutes before you take your blood pressure. Then you're going to get a true baseline reading. And so many times we would find that that reading was normal and every time they went to the doctor, it was elevated. 
Wow. I believe that. I actually have a neighbor who went in, she was at the end of a pregnancy and she went in to go get her regular checkup and they took her blood pressure, but they were so rude to her and she was so upset. She was right about ready to like give birth in like two weeks (laughs) and they were telling her she had to wear a mask and she couldn't breathe. She had twins. She couldn't breathe. And so, and there was no one in the waiting room with her. So she was refusing to wear the mask and she got all worked up. So they ended up insisting that she induce labor because her blood pressure was too high and it was dangerous for the baby. Yeah, they created the high blood pressure. I mean, that's that's, (laughs) exactly we see that so often. And if people don't check their own, and the only time they have their blood pressure checked is at the doctor, and the doctor will immediately put them on a drug, usually lisinopril. Uh, It's just so standard. Oh, you have high blood pressure. Here's the medication. We don't ask people. We don't, I, I don't know why the doctor's office wouldn't prescribe them a blood pressure cuff and have them check it for a week or two at home. But nobody ever does that. You you get a high reading in the office, you get put on a medication, you get a limited uh, medical card. That's just the norm. And Eric, now with, you know, these devices being relatively inexpensive and easy to use, I think people are crazy not to be checking this stuff on their own. I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I think that this stuff is is if you're kind of on the on the borderline, if, it, if this is something that is uh, concerning, uh, like hey, my, my wife, we, we just went through a pregnancy, just had a baby three months ago. And, oh, congratulations! You know, I can relate to that. That I can. Oh, thank you. I can definitely relate relate to that side of things. Uh, it, it's you know, it's, it's fairly high stress, and it there's there's this, that kind of situation is, is is tough. And then yeah. If it's, I can imagine, man, if I'm a truck driver and I walk into a doctor's office and they're about to measure my blood pressure and it's like, man, you know that it's high, but they've got to report it. And then it gets tied to my CDL and then I'm back in here in three months or six months or it affects your livelihood. Man, it just adds just that much more stress. Um, And Mm -hmm. so um, it's a tough it's a tough problem to solve, and I I am glad and and happy that that Garmin has, has products out there that can help um, help help everybody be informed so that when they are in those situations, they can just straight up tell the doctor that that, that reading is not right. That's not my normal. I measure this regularly and, and kind of say, hey, give me another chance here. Give me give me five minutes to just relax and calm back down and let's we'll take it again. Those kinds of things. So they can even they can even show them the, their history um, right there on their phone in, in the Garmin Connect app. They'll show them exactly what their readings have been over the last however many weeks. Right. So, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's a cool story to have. And, uh, I, I am happy that that can benefit truck drivers. You know, that's a great piece of advice you just gave there. If you have your own mm-hmm. blood pressure cuff and you should, and all of the data is right there on your phone, when you're in the doctor's office, say, Hey doc, look, this is the first high reading I've had in weeks. I check my blood pressure constantly. Here's my history. Can, can we just redo this? Like, give me a chance to catch my breath and calm down a little bit and we'll check it correctly. But again, if, if people don't know because they're not checking their own, every time they go to the doctor, they have a high reading. Now it's the point they're going to uh, prescribe a drug, which is exactly what they do. It, that also causes us more stress. 
This becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now people are stressed because they think they have this medical condition, and honestly, they really don't. What do you say yeah, we... I think uh, that there's, yeah, there's just so much, nope, so much value in, in, in... There's just a lot of value in, in, in just being aware of your own body, and I think that Garmin's... Carmen's answer is to having a, having a watch and having some of these devices and being able to kind of track your own health is, is valuable for those folks. So that's great. You know, one of the other things I learned from the scale, um, it actually measures hydration levels. And I started really paying attention to, it's interesting, I just posted this morning um, an article about that that goofy old advice we've heard our whole life, you have to drink eight glasses of water a day. Um, Long before I even really started studying health, I used to question this all the time. This never made sense to me. First off, half the time they don't even tell you how many ounces each glass is supposed to be, so it's never been a very accurate piece of advice. But once I started studying health, then I understood why I this number, this advice always made me uncomfortable. When you look at all the factors that go into hydration, you know, are you a landscaper working in Arizona in August or are you an office worker in a nice, comfortable 70 degree, you know, environment with very little activity? That one difference alone could make a huge difference in how much water you need to be consuming. Something else nobody ever takes into account. Somebody 250 pounds needs a whole lot more water than somebody 120 pounds. All of these factors were never taken into account. It was the stupid, you need to drink eight glasses of water a day advice. We have busted that myth for years. And finally, I saw an article yesterday where, and it was in one of the mainstream publication saying, well, maybe you really don't need to drink eight glasses of water a day. Um, So we've always used other indicators, you know, start to listen to your body and know when you're hydrated and when you're not. And don't go by these, these standard rules that don't take into account all the variables. And the scale actually helped me learn even more about when I was really hydrated and when I wasn't. What I I found was all of the body signals we kind of go by, Um, even, you know, color of urine, we we go by that quite a bit. They work well, but when I was able to use the scale, what I was able to see is the, the indicators are always lagging. By the time I realize I've allowed myself to get dehydrated, it becomes very hard to catch up again. You can't just go chug a bunch of water. That never works. It'll go right through you. You've got to ease your way back into hydration. But I I found that, especially in the summer when I was really active out in the garden or more active in general, I was always behind the curve if I was just trying to listen to my body signals. I'd get on the scale and think, I'm not dehydrated, but the scale's telling me I am. And it would be four to six hours later, I'd start to feel the symptoms of dehydration. So the scale actually helps me see it coming before I can even feel it.
Yeah, I think that's I think that's a cool feature of, of that particular product because it just tells you it tells you what's going on and measures that um, measures that in your body. And like you said, it's 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 much more complicated than than standard just uh, just drink water. It's a uh, it's 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 a it's a trend that should be tracked over time. And so I think that's a it's a cool feature of that of the of the scale. Yeah, you know the other goofy advice that I've heard for years about hydration was that some of the beverages we drink um, act like diuretics. Coffee and tea primarily uh, is a big one. And uh, even the the NTA, where both Lauren and I got our nutritional training, I love most of what they do. But they got it so wrong on this hydration thing, it made me crazy. Not only did they go by, you know, some of those old formulas they also made the claim that for, Lauren, help me out with this. Wasn't it for every, if you drank eight ounces of coffee, they wanted you to drink 12 more ounces of water to make up for it. It was like one and a half times, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think it was one and a half times the amount of water for any diuretic that you ingest. That is so wrong. And part of the problem they never took, first off, the eight ounces of diuretic I just consumed was in eight ounces of water. It's not like that water disappeared. <laughs> You're really telling me that if I drink one eight ounce cup of coffee, I'm going to urinate 12 ounces out and I need to make that up. That's just completely wrong. I don't know where they got those numbers, to be honest. Um, I do. I have the rule though for myself when I drink coffee that before I have, a coffee, I have the same size water right before. It's a mandatory rule for myself because I know it does dehydrate me. I absolutely do, but you know, I'm not, I don't measure it out or anything like that. I just make sure I have a glass of water before. Yeah. And you know, if, if again, if you know you're staying hydrated and that works for you, that that's, that's how it should be. You're listening to your body. You figured out your own rules, what work. <laughs> Um, I know for a fact that coffee just doesn't dehydrate me like that. I mean, I, I sometimes mm. the, if I drink, you know, I've, I've said, depending on what my day's like, every now and then I may drink two NDK coffees in the morning. And when I do, my hydration levels go up, not down. I mean, I'm drinking another 12 ounces of water. So now I'm, you know, in two coffees, I'm up to 24 ounces of water already uh, you know, before noon, that's quite a bit of liquid. And I find I'm pretty well hydrated on those days. Yeah. So I we, mean, but do you ever not drink coffee? Because the only reason I know it is because there are times when I don't drink coffee. And when I don't, I don't have that same, that same feeling that I, I need to run to use the restroom and then I have like, I, I notice that I'm a little parched. Yeah. No, I, when I, I drink coffee, you know, I've gone as much as 90 days without coffee. I've done AIP. Okay. Where, yeah. Where I, where I don't do any coffee and, um, or there are times when I just switch to decaffeinated and it's supposedly the caffeine that causes the diuretic effect. So decaf shouldn't do it. I just don't yeah. notice any difference. I mean, to me, when I drink coffee, yeah. it, it's, it's a liquid and it hydrates me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, for whatever reason, it seems to dehydrate. Yeah, and, and you know, for a lot of people, obviously, it is a diuretic. I think it's it's different for all of us. And the lesson we always talk mm-hmm. about is learn to listen to your own body. The nice thing, Eric, about these devices is they're they're giving us even better ways to listen to our body. We should still go by the way we feel, but it's amazing how well I can correlate a lot of these readings to how I feel. Mm-hmm. I agree. Eric, I'm wondering yeah. if you guys are going to put a uh, continuous glucose monitors onto a watch. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that that's, that would be a really, really cool addition as well. I, I, uh, I have a sister who's type one diabetic and so there's, there's always a, a lot of interest in, from my perspective in, in things like that. So, uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's on the road roadmap in the fitness world. I, I, I'm, I'm not on the fitness team. Um, I'm on the automotive team focused on truck drivers, focused on the, bettering their lives. And in this, in this case, uh, there's just a nice tie in, uh, to that health story for truck drivers. And so, uh, yeah, that, that would be a really cool, uh, additional, uh, addition to the, the health products for sure. There is mm-hmm. a, yeah, there is a company. I'll have to go back and find my notes. I actually, um, invested in their Kickstarter Man, I'll bet it was almost three years ago, and I haven't followed up on that. I'm a, I'm kind of a Kickstarter junkie. I, I have so many Kickstarter investments out there, I forget about them. And then sometimes, like, something just shows up at my door, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about this thing. Uh, one of the Kickstarters that I supported, and it's been a couple of years, they were working on sensors that could determine blood glucose from sweat. So they were trying to do it with a wearable that didn't need to be, you know, like we talk about the continuous glucose monitors, but those have a little filament. You have to kind of install them on your body and the filament goes into your skin um, so it can measure the blood Mm -hmm. glucose in the cells. But there, there is a company working on, and I think Apple has something in the works on that as well for their watch. So it's being attempted. Cool. I think it's the future. I think think I'm right in saying that I'm pretty sure Tim Cook is a type 1 diabetic, and so I think he's he's passionate about it as well from the Apple's perspective. Mm. Good point. If if anybody will figure it out, it'll be Apple. Yeah. All right. Eric, what do you say we uh, take some calls and questions? Let's do it. I'm always here to, to... Talk to, talk to drivers and see what, how they're interacting with, with our products. Let's Excellent. All right. So we're going to get to the calls. Phone lines are open. You can jump in and join us right now. 855-950-3835. It is Destination Health. So any health question goes today. Uh, but we are specifically talking about Garmin products since we have Eric here to answer your questions. Let's get to it. We're going to start in Virginia today. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. Hi, uh, this is uh, John. You had mentioned to uh, call in this week on Destination Health with my numbers and stuff from the Garmin uh, from sleep and blood pressure. Yes. What do you got for us? Great. And uh, um, so I used uh, the Garmin diesel 
to monitor my sleep, my stress, my HRV, uh, the sleep score, and then use this Garmin uh, blood pressure cup uh, just so I can keep everything in one place. It's nice to have the readings all together. Um, Excellent. And I keep a journal uh, since I've been doing this. So it's probably been pretty, I've been pretty aggressive with it for like the last 45 days. Uh, to try to get my blood pressure down where I needed it. So along with the aptogens, adaptogens and the uh, um, the other things that I'm taking to help with that, the sleep scores um, and the HRV has been huge, but the blood pressure cuff is has got to be the biggest thing that's helped me out because it's so small. I can take it with me on the truck um, when I get up and do my morning ritual uh it includes my blood pressure and everything's right there in one app so it's pretty it's pretty sweet um you know if you could do more things like you were talking about with the with the um being able to monitor your your uh blood sugars and stuff you know you'd be able to tie in so much more but this is uh what they've brought to the table has really helped me out anyways so yeah, you've been doing an awesome job of posting all your numbers, your your HRV scores, your sleep scores, your stress levels. Uh, it's really interesting to see that stuff all day long, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and to try to find the trends, uh, like you talked about earlier in the show, is uh, I guess it's kind of becoming a uh, addiction for me. Maybe it shouldn't be, but <laughs> it's, uh, I'm really trying to find why the blood pressure fluctuates like it does, uh, especially when you're trying to do the same things every day. Not not that you get to, but uh, is it is it the 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 movement in the truck that does enable you to sleep the greatest? That gives you a bad sleep score that in, then gives you a bad blood pressure reading the next morning. It, you know, it's just seeing those trends or trying to find those trends. Um, you know that's that's made it so so nice to use all this at one time and and then post it on the tribe and say has it, you know is anybody else getting crazy numbers like I am doing the kind of same things that I'm doing yeah absolutely and you know comparing is is always nice but it it's there's there's so much information there you really don't necessarily need to compare to anybody else just comparing you know your own day and sleep and what I just keep finding is everything is interconnected. None of this stuff happens in a vacuum. Our blood pressure, our blood sugar, our sleep, our stress levels, our energy levels, our body battery, everything is tied together. It, it, it all comes down to what we eat and how we live that day. You know, you, you have a bad night of sleep and it can be really difficult to recover from. But what I'm finding is it, it's, it's better to know that I had a bad night of sleep. And I can't always feel it. You know, some days I wake up and I think, well, I probably didn't sleep that good, but I have plenty of energy. And I, I tend to push too much. So most of the time when I'm using this data, I'm using the data to say, maybe you should just take it easy. Maybe you just read today or do a little light research, but don't... Uh, just don't be overactive today. And and the one thing that I, I, I really find surprising is the harder a day I have physically, sometimes the worse my sleep is. I, I really have to watch not overdoing a lot of physical activity on a day where maybe my body battery wasn't all that great. 
that's just a recipe for a really bad night of sleep for me. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, those readings, they take it so much into um, uh, account on what's going on because I've had a, a bad night of sleep, but still woke up to a decent body battery, you know, maybe 45, somewhere right. around there. It's not down low, low, maybe 50. Um, and then I'll have an excellent blood pressure reading. And I'm like, my stress level through my sleep was like, horrible right. and then even the sleep score is poor but may- maybe it's because the, the couple of days prior i had such a good recovery that you know the my body's still keeping my blood pressure where it needs to be and i'll even watch my my um uh, my heart rate when i'm calming myself down in the morning you know that five ten minutes before i do my blood pressure i really try to get it down into the 50s back to that rest state and sometimes when my sleep is just crappy i you can watch that, and it's only in the 60s. The lowest you'll get is maybe 63, 64. You can never get into those 50s, and those are sometimes the times when I have the higher blood pressure readings. Exactly. You know, Eric, I don't know if you'll remember this or not. When um, when Lisa and I both started wearing the watches in the very beginning, I had been wearing it for a couple of weeks, I think, before she started, and then she started wearing her watch and she was showing me her body battery overnight and her stress levels. It was one of the first things we were looking at. And I had to call you and say, I think something's wrong. Uh, She is showing high stress levels all night and her body battery didn't recover at all. And this went on for a couple of days. And I called you and I said, I think something's wrong. This, This just doesn't make sense. And what turns out, it was just interesting timing. We've now documented that with with everybody. I've documented days like that, and we've had other people do it, where you could sleep all night. Sometimes you can even get a decent sleep score, not great, but okay. And yet your stress level was elevated all night long. It's really an interesting phenomenon. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you, you having that call and you're like, well, what do we do here? And we like had you guys switch watches and see if the, <laughs> see if the readings were following the watches to make sure that it wasn't like uh, some sort of weird uh, problem with the product or something like that. But yeah, it was it was an interesting, interesting thing. But you're absolutely right. I think uh, stress has a weird impact on, on, on your body. And when you are stressed, even if you're sleeping well or something like that, your body feels it throughout. So. Uh, it's one of those kind of mysterious things, but I think it, uh, doing what, what the, the caller's doing and what you guys are doing uh, of tracking your data and seeing it over time, uh, I think that can really uh, can really help you understand the, the way your body works and reacts to different things. So that's cool. Hey, John, um, I, I know it sounds like you're already doing a lot of this kind of stuff, like you're looking at the numbers and you're trying to to calm down and get back to that rest state. Two things I've found that help overnight, um, help avoid kind of that high stress overnight. One, when possible, try to eat as far away from the time you go to sleep as possible, like more than three hours. Almost anything I eat within a three-hour window of going to sleep seems to affect me all night long. Um, my blood sugar's kind of elevated all night. My stress levels will be elevated. The other thing that I've found is if I've had kind of a stressful day and my body battery is, is pretty well depleted, 
Um, on the Wim Hof app, he has another method of breathing to kind of prepare yourself for sleep. It's slightly different than the the other method. And I find if if I'm in that place where I'm just not recovering overnight, um, watch, try fasting, you know, four to five hours before I go to bed and then do a couple of rounds of that breathing. A lot of times that'll kind of break that, that stress cycle and allow me to get uh, a decent night's sleep again without all the stress. Okay, I'll definitely look in at the, the breathing for sure. And, and I try to monitor the not eating before, you know, the end of the shift. Um, it works well sometimes and sometimes it just doesn't, but uh, I can focus on it more often or at least start noting it in my journal so that I know can tie it to something. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, and I, ha I have noticed that the, the doing the Wim Hof, if some of my numbers are a little crazy, if my body battery is really low, the next morning doing a Wim Hof breathing, I, I can't get the t retention time that I get uh, on other mornings. It's kind of like you said, you, you just don't have the oomph for, for doing the X3 bar. Well, it's kind of the same way with the, you know, if, if you try to stretch out those, uh, breath holds that, yep. you know, like I've been trying to do to, to get up there, it's, it keeps you from doing it. I mean, you just that, kind of wore out, I guess. So, that's but, a, but definitely I appreciate everything. Yeah. That's a good point. Anything else we can help you with today? Uh, that's it. Just, uh, just awesome. Awesome. Using the Garmin and looking forward to new things coming out and uh, going to continue doing what we're doing. I appreciate that, it. Excellent. Keep posting. I, I love seeing everybody's data like that. Eric, what we were just talking about there with the Wim Hof breathing, um, if you use the app, which I recommend when you're doing the breathing, um, part of the whole breathing process is a, a breath hold period. And you hold your breath with no air in your lungs. It, it's kind of counterintuitive. You do the breathing, and after your last exhale, when, when you've gotten the air out of your lungs, then you go into a breath hold and the app times it, and and you just go, the, the recommendation is to, to go long enough that it's pretty uncomfortable, that, that you really start to feel that, that strong urge to breathe, and that's when you kind of tap out. You, you tap your screen twice, and it goes on to the next step, and it, it measures your, your breath hold. Uh, my longest, I think I've got like three minutes and 40 some seconds. That was pretty unusual. My average was about two and a half minutes. It's actually changed and gone down now that I started working on the stress protocol, which is pretty odd. We haven't figured that one out yet. But what John was just saying and, and what is absolutely true, when, when our HRV is low and our body battery is low, my breath hold will go from two and a half minute average down to a minute and a half. I mean, it, it's a big, big difference. You just don't have the ability to, to push some of those things the way you could when your HRV and your body battery were both good and strong. Just, it's just one more indicator how much that really does affect our physical abilities. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's good to know. I, uh, on the Garmin watches, we also have, uh, we have activities. We have, we have a ton of activities, right. Built into the, the fitness aspect of the watches. And one of those activities is a breath work, um, activity that you can kind of start and you know, the watch will kind of keep timers for you and help you know how long you've 
uh, been doing those different types of exercises. So I, I know there's different uh, there's different schools of thought on how you actually perform that breath work and what's going to do the do the best. But there is some of that built into the watches, which is kind of cool. You know, I need to go check that out. I I, I knew that that was in. You know, if if anything, the not necessarily a downside, but the the watch has so much stuff. It has so many capabilities and settings and readings and it workouts. And, and one of the things I try to do is I try to set aside like an hour a week where I just go in and start playing with the watch and the software because there's so much to discover in there. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a time we've been doing fitness products for a long time and all of our products kind of benefit from all those different uh, innovations. And so we got a lot of really passionate, um, fitness experts in the, in the company who are always looking to find what are some more activities? How do you make, how, how do you get people healthier? How do you get people more active? And, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot in there. So there is, uh, it's always, it's kind of an, in, in, an endless, uh, an, an endless pit to go, go digging into. There, there you go. Let's grab another call. Let's, uh, let's go to Oregon. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so my uh, GPS is on my dash. It's attached to like a bean uh, bag kind of thing. It was, it was part of one of the original. But the, my issue is is that in intense sun, it uh, it overheats and it'll shut off. And I use a ball cap over it. And I think they should be. Do you make anything for that or any other solution that I could try? that when I want to use my GPS in the sun, it doesn't shut off because it gets too hot. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a good question. So you're on a bean bag sitting up in the dash. I mean, do you know which product it is? I have, I, I kind of wonder how, how old of a product it is. Well, I saved the bean bag so that I could use the, the new one. On on that, it, it makes it really handy. It's not directly uh-huh. in my face, but it's right, low yeah. enough, and and it gets right into the sun. And that right top left corner gets really hot, and then it shuts off. So I put like a ball cap over it, but I mean, the ball cap moves with the bumps, and uh, it's like right, if yeah, there absolutely. was some kind of device that would be go over it to reflect to keep the sun from hitting it. I know a lot of people put them right there in the far uh, left corner of the windshield, but I don't like it there. And uh, right, no, you so, should put it wherever you want to put it. It should be able to handle, you know, direct sun and not be not be going into like a power down mode unless it's really just really really hot. I mean, if you're like driving it, well, you're down Arizona in Phoenix or, or you know down in that <laughs> really intense sun, it yeah, does get yeah. hot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to get really, really hot down there. We, it should it should stay functional if it's in an air-conditioned cabin, though, even in the sun. Um, well, I'd have to put on my defrost and put on the air conditioning. and Yeah. Hey, I just, yeah. Hey, Brandy, one thing that comes to mind, and um, does the, do you mount your GPS or does it sit in the same place all the time? It sits in the same place all the time. Like the one of the first garments they had, like it was like bean bag. Uh, that's the only way no, I can describe I, it. No, I, I, and, know what, uh, I, I can picture exactly how it is. One of the things I'm thinking, 
you're probably going to need to build some sort of a shield yourself. You know, we uh, uh, some foil. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I'd like to the, buy something. <laughs> the other option. Um, this can get a little tricky on a any vehicle, but especially a commercial vehicle. I'm I'm wondering if the sun itself, if it's sitting in the same place and the sun is coming in from the same angle, like maybe even a strip of um, window tint on the edge of the window. I know we're not supposed to tint the front window at all, but I have a feeling if, if it's just coming in from an edge, maybe we could tint a small area to block some. I think some sort of a, a shield um, is probably going to work better. Yeah, I agree. I thought, do, you know, I, I thought of like, do you know which product you have? Um, I no. Like <laughs> I look thing? at it, but I need I need those directions right now. And I yeah, don't no, no, no. Lost. I get you. I I get you. No, don't 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 mess with that if you're driving. Don't don't mess with it. Just it's uh, like seven. I, I'm just I think curious. it's seven forty or the seven inch one, I believe. The seven inch one. Do you know how recently you purchased it? It's been a few years now. It's been a few years. I hear it talking to you. Oh, that's good. It's, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in but Portland, and now. I don't want to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, you do your thing. Uh, so that's that's great. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's an interesting thing. Um, the newer products shouldn't do that. I don't know if it, as it ages, if the battery starts to get a little bit messed up with heat or the displays. Well, mine's always plugged in. But, man, yeah. I always, I don't unplug it. I can't rely on battery, so I just... Right, no, 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 it's just uh, another part of the equation. But in general, yeah, it, it should stay functional on the on the dash, even in even in direct sun in, in Arizona, um, as long as the cabin's air-conditioned, right? It's like, as long as it's not, like, generally... Yeah. I mean, if you just, like, leave the cabin, leave it in a... In a in a parking lot for a few hours and come back, it may stay off. Well, it's like, and that's, that's, and that's exactly what it is. I'll go into the shipping or receiving office and I'll come up and it's shut off. And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Since you, since you do have a bean bag, um, bean bag mount, it may be worthwhile for you in those situations. Just kind of toss it like in the floorboards when you're, if you're going to leave the truck parked for any, any amount of time in that kind of extreme heat situation, that, that can definitely help. Right. Um, keep it from overheating. So, but yeah, uh, it's a, that's I've, a tough one. But yeah, but it it shouldn't do that too often. If it, it becomes like where it's doing it pretty regularly, I'd go ahead and give customer support a call. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought like a like a black uh, clear thing to go over it, maybe on the opposite side on the back of it, so that it would take the heat of the sun away as well as be able to see through it. Um, you know, something like you mount like a computer or something on, but, um, yeah, it was I just an idea to yeah. maybe Garmin could make something for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, the way we would look at it, um, is that it just shouldn't do that. <laughs> so making a, making, well, a, I, I appreciate the fact that it shuts down when it gets too hot. That, that's yeah, a really no, it, good thing. It'll do that, but if, if if it's comfortable enough for you to sit in the in the cab, then the uh, then the, the GPS should be functioning. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's all I, I've been wanting to talk to you about that. So thank you, Eric. All right. Thanks for the no call. Problem. Thank you, hey, Eric. We have a uh, we have kind of a funny story around here. Something similar. We were um, 
we were at our, our big event, our CMC, uh, and I think we were still in Kansas City that year, and it was we had it in the summer, and the outside temperature had gone over 100. We were shooting the pavement with temp guns, and it was like 140 degrees on the pavement, and we were outside doing a live broadcast. I was on the air, and we actually use our, our phone. I use my iPhone to connect my whole audio setup to our call system. That's how we're able to bring live calls in. And we were sitting there and I was in the back of our, uh, the trailer we had built to travel and do our show in. And the sun had been moving and the sun had come in and my phone was laying there on the counter. And I'm doing the show and I'm talking to somebody and all of a sudden the caller's audio just disappears. And yeah, it happens. Almost all of our callers are on cell phones and the call will drop. So I go to the next call and I can't hear anybody. And I'm thinking, what happened? So I'm looking around trying to figure out what's wrong. And I look down and my iPhone's just completely black. It won't, it was so hot. I almost mm -hmm. couldn't pick it up. And it had just, the sun had moved yep. and was shining directly on that black glass and it just absorbed so much heat. Our solution was uh, two bags of frozen peas. I just stuck my phone between two <laughs> bags of frozen peas. And about five minutes later, we were back on the air and back in business. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that, that's how you solve the problem quick, right there. That's right. That's right. But yeah. Heat so, in the summer, that sun, yeah, we do tend to make our product black because um, they look cool when they're black, right? But, you know, yeah. It's, <laughs> it doesn't have that problem. Yeah, black's like a big heat sink. I mean, it just absorbs all of that yeah. heat. And uh, like I said, the, the phone got so hot, it was uncomfortable to even try to hold it. It was that hot. So it can happen. Let's uh, let's grab another call. They're starting to pile up on us. Let's go to Texas. BJ, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. I had a few questions for Eric uh, regarding the GPS. I have the new 810. Awesome. Um, That's a great product. Yes, I, I'm loving it. Um, I want to know if you can put a word into add some things to it. Um, first of yep, all, no, I am, I am the guy you're, you're talking to the okay. guy who adds things. Perfect. So. I've been, been waiting for this day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I like to have the time when you go through time changes and stuff, I like to have the time on the screen, but if I put mm -hmm. the time in with everything, I have to lose something else. So right. I, I wanted to know if you can put the time in that top bar, like on the right hand side in that green section up on the top. And just mm -hmm. put it in there where it's just on so we can have that. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, the next one is um, whenever I go to truck stop, I have a assigned fuel, fuel stop. I have to go to a certain uh, truck stop, whether it be pilot or loves or whatever. Um, I used to have um, the Rand was my first one. And uh, mm -hmm. when you go to a – you would – click on it, it always had to stop, you know, that location, you know, pilot number or whatever on there. Um, I notice in yours, it doesn't. And if they don't give me a street or town or something, I have to go into my phone and look and see 
and uh, find like a street or something like that in order to make sure I'm going to the right one. So if we can add the truck stop number to, you know, to the actual truck stops that are on the list would be great. Gotcha. So the truck stop number. So right. where are you given the, you're given the truck stop number by someone? Yeah. Um, dispatch will say stop at house number 243. Oh, it, interesting. It doesn't show that, uh, you know, on the GPS. Um, uh, the reason I like is because it was on the RAND. It always had that number. So that's just something I'm uh -huh. missing, I guess. Yeah, no, the, uh, the store number. Yeah, we could we we have the store numbers. We just don't um we don't highlight them um at the level for where you could search uh search by. Uh, that's an interesting idea. So yeah, I can do that. You know, let's get the Sometimes the I can click number. on information and when it opens up the information bar of it, sometimes it'll have the yeah. store number there. But yeah, a lot of times it doesn't. So <laughs> I don't I can't. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely have the store numbers for all the Loves and PFJ uh, locations. I think we've got them for TA Petro as well, but I'm not 100 percent sure there. Um, I, but I know we have them for Loves and PFJ because we've done some specific work with with those companies to get um, as as feature rich data as possible. Right. Um, right. With them, so I know we have the store numbers with them. I just looked up on my device that I have sitting here that I know I have. So I, I did. I am able to find store numbers pretty quickly, but they are buried, like you said, in the in in the info page. You have to look at the info right. page. You don't get to search. You don't get to search by store number. Um, right. So. So that would so be yeah, We should we should promote that store number up a little bit for you so that it's not not as buried. Perfect. Uh, then I had another idea on um, when you have your time zones, when you're traveling, um, whenever I put my finger on the screen and slide it on the screen, I'm able to then on the right-hand side, I'll have two push pins and a line. I don't know what you guys call mm -hmm. that. But when I click yep. on that, it opens up the map of where I'm going, where I'm starting and where I'm going. I'm wondering if something like that, you can put time zones in somehow where I know I'm crossing the time zone. I'm either going to be an hour later or an hour ahead or something. So I'm not mm. uh, going to be late for that call or early for it. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, so when you, when you enter that, um, that UX flow, you are in um, the trip planner at that same, at that point. So you're in kind of our route planning experience. So um, so there's a couple of ways to get into that. But in general, if you're planning a route, if you're crossing a time zone barrier, we need to highlight that. That makes sense. Yeah. So you'll see like a line that you're going to cross at a yep. different areas, something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That would help we'll out. figure out a really beautiful way to make that obvious to you guys. Okay, and then the last one is um, another thing that the RAND had that was super helpful is you go to pick up a load and you've got to scale it. There was a, an icon that you can click on that would bring up your cat scale locations. 
And mm -hmm. I do not see that anywhere where I can, you know, find, like I've tried to go into scales and go in and it's not, it's just giving you kind of mom and pop scales. And with these big companies, they have accounts with, um, cat scale. So mm -hmm. it's super easy to click on that and find on your route, or I could push another button, which was said nearby and I can find something nearby really quick without having to set, go, go through everything to try to find where the closest one or the next one is. Yep. We can do that. We have the cat scale locations, but like you said, it's a little bit, they're not, it's not as nice of a branded search. We are just kind of, we, we have, you know, um, we have scale locations, but yeah, we don't have as much, we don't have it branded for you guys. So that you could, if you could specifically look yeah, we for, just click on cat, for scale. cat scale locations. Just, yeah. yeah. Just, there, and there they are, you know, that makes sense. And that's all I had. Speaking of the GPS, I, heard it I appreciate in it. The background. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. We've still got some Garmin questions here, so we're going to go straight to those. We're going to go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, you're looking for a different name for the, uh, scale thing that you had from Garmin there. Yeah. What do you got? I was thinking with everything, everything that you were talking about, I don't not have the product, but body wellness checker. Yeah. It, it, it needs some other nomenclature. So it doesn't just sound like a scale. Smart scale helps. I, when I see smart scale, I kind of know what they're talking about. I wonder if everybody else does. And it, it just, it does so many things, you know, a body analyzer, something, uh, something along those lines. Yeah. I just, everything that you were saying that includes, it might be, or probably be something I pick up, but body wellness is what it seems like it's checking. So it, it really is. That's it, what it, came to mind. Yeah. I, I like that. We, we should work on something, come up with uh, a new name, something that's just a little more indicative of, of everything this thing is measuring. Let's, uh, let's go to Pennsylvania. Keith. Welcome to the program. Yes, I have a, I have the Garmin 710 and I have the Garmin headset. And uh, first off, the Garmin headset, a lot of times I'd lower the boom to answer a phone call and it doesn't answer, answer the phone, but it doesn't communicate. Sort of like the Bluetooth and assign the the Garmin to work. Is there a way to fix it? Is, it seemed like that happened after the last update or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to, sorry, you're, I don't know if it was my phone cutting out or if it was your phone cutting out a little bit, but there was enough gaps in the, in the info I got that I, I can't answer your question. Yeah, it was the same Okay, it's probably my phone. I can see out. I got no bars. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, I have the Garmin headset. And when you lower the boom to answer the phone call, it phone, communicate with the phone. So I have to go into the phone and kick it out of Bluetooth, kick it back into Bluetooth, and then it starts working. Is there a way to fix that? 
It seemed like it happened after the last Yeah, it does that consistently? Uh, probably three-quarters of the time, two-thirds to three-quarters of the time. Yep. That's, that's an interesting issue. Because, yeah, you should, when you get an incoming call, if you have the headset on, as long as it's Bluetooth connected to your phone, and you're, like, listening to Kevin Rutherford, and you're just trucking down the road, right? Uh, when the phone call comes in, you should be able to, like, like you said, lower the boom to answer it if you have the boom up. Um, and, or you can just press the button on the side and should just answer the call, but it shouldn't go into some weird Bluetooth state where you're not able to hear anything anymore. Um, so yeah, let me, let me see if that's, uh, let me get to the bottom of that issue. See if that's kind of repeatable on our end and see if we can, um, get a software update to fix that. I would imagine that's gonna, if that is in there with the latest software that we would, uh, we would get something pretty quick. Um, well, yeah, I fixed yeah. that really quickly. Um, so yeah, if it's it, um, so yeah, let's let's get to the bottom of that one. That's like that's like an issue that uh, that's, uh, we should resolve if it's if it's kind of prevalent in the software. If it's kind of like a one-off kind of like I don't know your unit's weird, then then it's like a, then that's a, like a customer support type of call where you would just uh, call them up and say hey, this is this is funky. But if it was working before a software update and now it's not, then that's uh, an indicator that maybe the software update did create a bug for you. Hey, Keith, are, right. you, okay. are you able I to see, it. I know sometimes if you're driving, it's hard to check all this stuff, but one of the problems I've found in today's world is some Bluetooth devices seem to be overly aggressive at grabbing that Bluetooth signal and knocking something else off of it. Is there anything else in your cab that might be grabbing that Bluetooth signal? Well, obviously the radio probably could be, or the, the Garmin GPS could be. Um, like I say, when I lower the boom, it answers the phone, but there's nobody communicating, nothing's communicating anywhere. So I, like I said, I just go into the phone and, and then hit the, right. you know, just like I'm going to use the phone phone. And then I go back and hit the Garmin um, headset that works. But, uh, yeah, can I, so are I, you, are you iPhone or Android? iPhone. iPhone. Good to know. That I mean, it's not a big deal, but it's easy. It even quicker. It's, it's, yeah, it's easy to fix, but it's a pain in the butt when you're trying to answer a phone call. Yeah, one uh, of the kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? So yeah, it needs to be hands free. And it doesn't sound like this is what's happening with you. One of the issues I have is if a call comes in and you attempt to answer it on the iPhone, no matter what device you have connected, it will switch the audio to the iPhone. It's assuming you're answering on the phone itself. That's what you want to use for the audio. And I just had to figure out that right, yeah. that's not the case. I it, So if you answer it on the device like you are pulling the boom down, it shouldn't do that. I know if you ever answer the phone by touching the phone, it will always switch the audio to the phone. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll... Uh, I have that same issue too, but... I, got it. Um, I also have an issue... 710, or maybe it's all Garmin's, I'm not sure. Um, is it possible to adjust the estimated speed or the average speed? Because, like, right now I'm in Pennsylvania, speed limit 70. I never drive 70. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm always late to anything because you, you, you build a time in, right? But uh, 
It'd be nice if our right. estimated time is more correct. So it'd be yeah, nice if we could like, adjust saying. our average speed. Yeah, I think we have a setting for that. I have not found it, so I could be just. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can I, find it. If I find it, I will call it out to you. I know they're used to right. one. For a second, make sure that I can. Yeah. There used to be one, I know, because I use it, because I drive 60 all the time, no matter what the speed limit is. So I know I've used that to adjust uh, my timing, and it, it works. I just don't remember on the last couple of updates if it's still there or not. Yeah. I just haven't found it. Uh, the other question I have is, um, on the Garmin GPS, is there a way to get different routes or could it give us options? Cause it always obviously shows you the fastest route, but maybe we don't want to pay tolls all the time. Yep. You know, yeah, so it'd be that. nice to bypass the tolls. Yep. So that those features do exist for sure. So when you are, um, so in the settings, you can set up avoidances. Um, so, so if you go to settings, you click on navigation, um, then in there, there's, there's a, a button called avoidances, and you can click right there to avoid toll roads if you want to avoid toll roads. Um, so then you can kind of see what the route would look like without toll roads. Um, also, whenever you're like creating a route, say you're going someplace, um, so if you can just kind of say, okay, let me, let me click that instead of like hitting the go button right away, you could, you can, you can do a couple of different ways, but there's a, there's a kind of routes, a routes button that will show, um, that's kind of, like, I don't know. It looks kind of like a, it says routes on it, but it's like, it looks like a Y with two arrows pointed up or you can okay. kind of click routes and it'll calculate, it should calculate multiple ways to get there. At least give you two options. Depends on oh, how okay. long the route is and, and a lot of things. But at least give you a couple of different options. Um, you know, is, is, you, is it like going, if, you, if there's a city in the middle, right, then it's like, okay, here's the one that goes right down the middle of the city and here's the one that takes the loop around the outside. Kind of gives you a delta in time and that kind of thing. It's pretty often is if you hit that routes button. So whenever you're um, typing your, your destination, um, if you just kind of don't hit that go button right away, instead you hit that little route button. Yep. Like I said, the icons right next to it, and it's like a, it's like two arrows pointed up. That kind of so looks yeah, like, looks yeah. like a little Y. Uh, if you click that, it'll give you at least two routes um, um, to kind of weigh weigh your options. Then, if you have something specific in mind, you can always go into the route planner and say, "Hey, I want to take this specific route," and you can tell it exactly the way you want it to go, and it'll go right. that way. So okay. But yes, the avoidances, you can always go in and change your avoidances and, and get rid of toll roads. Um, as far as setting the max speed, I feel like, man, I feel like that max speed is set in there somewhere. If I, if I, if I figure it out while I'm still on the phone here, I'll call it out. So if you keep listening, even if I'm talking to a new caller, I'll be kind of looking at that in the All background. Right. If I find it, I'll let you know. Okay. And I, I have one more question about ELD. I don't have any, I have cool. using my company ELD right now. But if I go to a Garmin ELD, do I just use the like the 710, or and does it do the full functionality of the normal ELDs? Yeah, so the does, Garmin ELD, ELD work. Yeah, the Garmin ELD is called the Garmin E-Log, 
It has no subscription with it. It's just a device, and you plug it straight into your uh, the port on your on your vehicle. I forget the name yep. of the port. <laughs> yeah. Stick it in there, um, and so and it's and it just Bluetooth connects to your phone. Now you have to have a separate app for that. We have because it's just kind of its own animal, um, and so you get the Garmin E Log mobile app for that. Okay. Um, and it'll 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 keep all of your uh, all of your ELD data right there um, in that app. Um, that app also on exists phone. on okay. your on, and that's on your phone, so you'll have it on your phone all the time. That app also right. exists on your on your 710, so you'll be able to see it okay. on your Garmin 710. All of your e-log data, it'll replace it'll it'll kind of smartly once you if you turn that device on, it'll smartly replace your kind of like break planning feature where it's kind of keeping track rough, but your 710 will roughly keep track of how your of your moving time and your stop time and that kind of thing, but it's not as probably exact as as an ELD needs to be. So all of that will be replaced with the the exact ELD data. So that'll be right there as part of your awesome. part of your experience while you're driving. So if you did get the Garmin e-log, then that's, uh, that is kind of like a, uh, it gives you the, all that lives on the Garmin screen now, which is kind of nice. Oh, perfect. I guess that answers all my questions. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Really appreciate you bringing, bringing info to me. I'm going to, do everything I can to make everything as good as I improve any of these issues. Right. So we'll, we'll make them better. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks for the call. All right. Let's go to Nevada. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I have a question about my 750. Um, you know, the option for heads up. So it'll show you your truck stops, rest areas, et cetera, et cetera. I go to the truck yep. to select it. And so I say next stop, go, but it won't actually route me there. <laughs> it just, the only way I can get it to route is actually go in to save it and then come out and then go pick it out of the, my save places. Huh. That's a weird one. There's another one too. Um, I'll let you think about that one. Uh, the other problem I have is sometimes the Garmin 750 wants to take possession of my phone calls. So it takes it from a headset and it'll actually go right into the GPS. And I've actually gone in and toggled off the phone, said I don't want that. But periodically, um, it will just take possession of my phone call and I have to go into my iPhone, select my headset to bypass the uh, GPS. <laughs> so you keep saying the 750. Um, yeah. I'm not familiar with that model number. Um, so is that an older device that, or is it? It's Sorry? fairly new. I bought it last year. It's the DAS 750. So seven and a half inch screen, right? That's what it is. What are we talking about here? We have the 700, which is a 7-inch right. screen, or the, or the 710. I'm trying to figure out what the 750 is. Sorry, that, that, that's just tripping me up a little bit. I want to make sure I'm giving you good information, so I just want to make sure that, like, that we're talking the same thing here. Right. Yeah, so so it's the diesel. Do you know if it's like an yep. OTR unit? Yes. 
the you pair it to like the Diesel Mobile app. Oh, one second. I don't there. Ah, uh, just give me one second. Ah, uh, uh, it's sorry. Diesel seven eighty. My apologies. Diesel seven eighty. Gotcha. That's helping. Yeah, my bit. apologies. <laughs> I dropped thirty numbers out. I'm sorry, guys. No, no. It just. It, I just want to make sure I'm talking apples to apples with you, and I'm not telling you you <laughs> have features that you don't have, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, no, I'm no. Sure I make totally sure understand. I'm, I'm, I'm level set. I don't want to give you bad info. So yes, the diesel 780. It's a seven-inch navigator. It is on our. It is, I would say, slightly older product. It is weird that you're uh, running into. So the first issue was you were tapping on um, the up ahead, and you were kind of you would just say, "Hey, take me to whatever's up ahead." Maybe there's a truck stop up ahead or a restaurant or, or a way station or whatever and you yeah. have to navigate there and it just won't go exactly. there. It'll, it'll just nope. kind of crap out on you and just ignore, <laughs> ignore what you did. Okay. And then exactly. the second issue was what? Sorry. Uh, the GPS will actually take possession over my headset when I'm talking to somebody on the phone and it says connected to iPhone. The only way I can uh, bypass it is actually turn off uh, the Wi-Fi on the um, GPS. Yeah. Okay. So that issue, I'm gonna try to fix that issue. I want to kind of kill this a little bit because I don't think anybody really wants it to um, do what we kind of do by default. So, um, so if you go into your Bluetooth settings on the Garmin device, I'm hoping this is where it lives on the on the 780. Uh, Forgive me, I don't have a 780 turned on in front of me, so I, I couldn't tell you exactly. But you should be able to go into the Bluetooth setting, and then if you click on where your phone is listed um, there in those, because your phone, I'm sure, is Bluetooth paired to your to your GPS in this case, right? There should yeah. be a like a check mark or something like that that says phone calls or or hands free. Oh uh, um, no! What I just brought it up and it says paired devices, smartphone link. So I use that with yeah. the Garmin app to actually see if what's the traffic delays. Is there a crash? So mm-hmm. on and so forth. Yep, right? no, I get you. So, so I yep. tried to disconnect that, which then took that feature away. Right. So. No, yeah, don't do that. You want that feature? Is there? Is there any? Yeah. So, when you click on your phone, and at least on on the more modern devices, you're. I'm sorry to say, your device is a little bit old, and and the smartphone link app is the poor experience and, and is something where mm. all new devices are are, are, are taking customers away from that experience. Um, but overall, the sh- all, like on my device, it says, you know, I can say that I want my, my, my navigator to handle phone calls or not. And there's a, there's a button there for me to like turn that on and off. So where that, when phone calls come through, Either the diesel knows to not do that or or or, or does do it. So uh, I'm hoping that there's a setting there for you on your device as well that you can turn that off and not have to turn off like your live services, like the traffic and stuff like that. Yeah. But you shouldn't have to not get That's traffic right. just so that you can get it to not take phone calls. So yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Awesome. Manure devices have that have that setting. I would imagine that setting would still exist that you could go in there and you can like uncheck hands free or or just stop that thing from being connected in that way. Um, but yeah, I will I will t- check and see if that's a capability oh, on the seven eighty. Um, okay, perfect. But um, in general, yeah, in general, the newer devices they've solved this problem for you. <laughs> so, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, the 780 is is getting to be fairly old hard, hardware at this point, but it's still a great product. It's just yeah, that that mobile mm. experience is is rough. Uh, that the smartphone link app. Um, there's a reason that well, we don't use that anymore. So we kind of abandoned oh, that okay. mobile app and, and started over and made it made the experience a lot better. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, uh, uh, that that's. If, if you do have consistent issues, make sure it's up to date on software. Um, but if you do have consistent yep, I issues, did. I always do suggest calling our customer support. Our customer support is awesome. They're okay. really, really good at what they do. Um, okay, if it's something super. specific, like it's acting weird on, like your first problem was definitely sounds like customer support problem. The first thing they're going to tell okay, you to do perfect. though is update your software. So yep. <laughs> I did. Cool. Well, so yeah, it didn't fix it. Thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Hey, Eric. You know, one of the things I wish um, the the other device makers like Apple and Android would work on um, on Apple, we can set the priority for our Wi-Fi connections. You know, there's a place to go into the software and say if this network is available, always connect to this one first, then this one, and we can set the priority list and it works. I don't know why they don't do that for Bluetooth. Let me set the priority so I determine which one gets it first. And it just seems to be with Bluetooth, mm-hmm. it just seems so random. Yeah, yeah Bluetooth is a mess. It, it really is. It's always, you always kind of wonder who's, 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 who's the master here, right? I, in my mind, the master of all things Bluetooth should probably be the customer's phone. It exactly. should be the master of everything, uh, of how everything gets routed. It should be there, which is why the newest platform, uh, which is unfortunate, unfortunate the, the older products don't don't benefit from this, the, the ones who are on different mobile apps. But those who have the newer products, they all go into the diesel mobile app. Um, all of our devices just pair to the app, right? So the headset pairs to the app, the Navigator right. pairs to the app, the, the cameras, they pair to the app, the, all the different devices, watch pairs to the app, all that stuff. It all, the, 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 the home base is the phone, right? And then all the magical Bluetooth stuff is then handled from there. And we can set priorities and we can organize how that um, audio should flow <laughs> according to your Bluetooth setup. But yeah, you kind of have to have that home base. So where, where is that? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if they'd give us more control in the phone itself for that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, it, it, it's a, it's a tough nut to crack for sure. Bluetooth yeah. keeps trying to improve things, but it, it, it we all know it's an imperfect uh, technology. It's just yeah. the one with the big name that has been widely adopted. Yeah. We deal with it. The same thing with our app trying to, you know, make it work as, as good as possible with the limited control you have. And that's kind of why I say that I wish they would use the same method they use for Wi-Fi where I can set the priorities myself. So, 
Until then, I guess we'll just continue to do the best we can. Let's go to California. We've got another call. Tony, welcome to the program. Morning, sir. Um, Tony here um, from I Hate Brokers Trucking. I mean, um, there you go. I, I told Angie I wouldn't talk about the Tesla Semi today, so I have a couple questions about uh, the Garmin. Um, did your guest just say that that um, you don't have to get the 10-inch screen in order to get e-log that, that you just and, and that you don't have to pay a subscription to get the e-log? Because what I'm trying to figure out is which one do I get either off your store or in the truck stop to get uh, ELD dash cam and compatible with the watch. Compatible with the watch is an interesting thought. Um, I can answer you. So the Garmin e-log is, is a product we've been selling for quite a while. Um, and it is a subscriptionless. There is no subscription to it. You just buy the product. And then it's your e-log and it just lives in your truck and it's your thing. Um, and it talks to only you. It's a, it's a self-sustained product. So you don't need any other Garmin products at all. You don't need anything else. Um, you just need the e-log itself. You plug it into your truck, and then you just get the Garmin e-log app, and then all the data from that e-log uh, will get logged in, on the device, and then it all gets sent over to the mobile app so that if you get stopped at a uh, – you need to prove your hours of service, you've got it all right there. Um, and so it's just it's just there, and it's a self-sustained product by itself. Now, it gets a little all bit right. it doesn't cooler really and better. Say- which size I have to get, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but when you, when you go, it, it doesn't say whether you have to get the 10 inch or whether the seven inch would, would have all the, the e-log capability. All the navigators, everything in the newest, uh, last two generations. So anything that says OTR in the name. So the, either the 1,700, 600 series or the, or the, or the X 10 series, the 10 tens, the seven tens, all, all those OTR units, are all compatible uh, with the Garmin e-log. The Garmin e-log app is built into those devices. It does not matter and which screen size. Do any of them have a front and back camera? Um, I'm assuming the backup camera is just for backing up. It doesn't record. Correct. So we have dash cam. So we have like a, a one. We have one unit that has a built-in dash cam, right? So that's the diesel cam. Uh, OTR 710. So it's got kind of a diesel cam is built into the name, but it has an integrated dash cam if you wanted one built in. We also sell separate dash cams that all work with the, with the ecosystem. Uh, we sell backup cameras as well. Those backup cameras do not record. You're absolutely correct um, in that they don't record. We even have a, we even have one of our dash cams is what we call the dash cam tandem and it will record inside your cab. Um, so it will record you you while you're driving, and it will record the, the road in front of you. So uh, that camera option as well, if that's interesting. But we don't have any rear-facing cameras that do recording at this point. Is there anything else that I forgot? Oh, um, with the uh, with the fitness tracking, do I need this? Um what does it say on here? I'm, I'm on Kevin's website. Uh, Garmin Index. Is that just a scale? Like, what am I missing? <laughs> yes. No, and, it's way more than a scale. 
Am I good with just the, um, oh, yeah, right, so the three watches. Um, I'm supposed to get the Garmin Instinct 2 Truckers, the Truckers watch or version, and I'm good. Yeah. I don't really need anything else. I get pulse ox, all the crap, the blood pressure, <laughs> uh, workout. Yeah. No, hold on. Hold on. So, I do want to correct you. I'll the, clear up. The watch itself Maybe won't do blood down. pressure. But if you want blood pressure, you get the cuff, and it will work with the watch. Right. So, yeah, I can't say that the Instinct 2 Diesel Edition um, is, a, is a great watch. It will, if, if you do have a, a Garmin e-log, then the timers, there's a built-in brake planner um, on the watch that those tim timers will default to to the same, they'll sync with your e-log timers. Uh, and so you'll, you will see um, accurate uh, drive time data on your watch if you have that whole ecosystem set up. Um, and then, yeah, that'll give you all your health metrics, your stress levels and your HRV stuff and all that is all built into the watch. Uh, that's good. I hope I'm not missing anything uh, with just the, uh, I get a watch. So that Garmin, uh, Series 7, the 7-inch screen, that'll have a uh, forward-facing dash cam built in, and it'll have e-log and still be compatible with the watch and Bluetooth and everything else. I don't need the 10-inch. I'll get everything with that, with the one with the dash cam in it, because you don't have any yes, rear-facing. You don't have right, any rear-facing cameras that record... I would like to ask you a follow-up question on rear-facing cameras that record. Um, how would you? What, what would be? What would be the use case for you? What would? What, what's interesting there to you? Well, obviously, I see these trucks with cameras mounted to their mirrors that do face back. So the the main thing that's going to happen is uh, people crashing into your trailer, it, it, like in your blind spot behind you and uh, behind the cab. Um, Obviously, you can avoid stuff that's going on in front of you. Like, you can avoid that, but you can't see what's, like, on the side of you. So I want to be able to record what, you know, rear-end collisions and uh, what's going on on the side. And there's no way to really get that right now, if that answers hey. your question. Hey, Eric. No, it, it absolutely I, does. I, yep. I have a story here oh, that does might, it? might help you with this. Um I was just recently at uh, two conferences in Tennessee, two trucking industry conferences. And the, uh, the general theme of the conference, it was put on by an insurance company and um, there were a lot of fleets there. Mm -hmm. And one of the fleets who managed to get the first prosecution of a driver and a criminal ring they're actually uh pursuing conspiracy charges on this the case is still pending but the driver was convicted the driver of the the car the personal vehicle and the biggest part of evidence was they had rear-facing cameras on their mirrors and they watched this driver drive mm -hmm. right into the tandems on the tractor i mean it was obvious that the driver could have easily avoided yep. this accident and they were able to get a prosecution out of it. Yeah, that's 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 good to know that that's Eric, I, a time I out. A, Are you I saying that it'll record that as I go to check out here uh, from the shipper? You're saying this forward cam will will record some parts of the side? 
So no, I mean, the, the camera is only going to record what you pointed at. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and so we do have dash cams. Um, there's absolutely nothing stopping you from buying a dash cam and mounting it to kind of look backwards. The only thing that really stops you is that they're not waterproof. Uh, and so they'd have to be somehow inside your cabin, kind of looking back that direction, but you could theoretically mount it that way. Um, but uh, I will definitely take that into advisement that that's a true story for you guys. And, and we may be able to come up with a solution that would uh, solve your problem. One All of right, the, Kevin, um, lastly, I'll have to close with this. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tony, this, this same fleet um, that they still had a, some legacy camera systems in their trucks that didn't have a, a rear facing option. And what they did, and they showed us some of the footage and it had helped them with another case. They aimed their dash cam so that it was picking up their front fender mirrors. And it wasn't perfect, but you could still yeah. see some of what was going on down the side of that truck from that fender mirror. Yeah, no, that's interesting for sure. Hey, Kevin, can you, I'm just kind of curious, honestly, can you send me um, information on that case? Either text it to me or, uh, yeah. or email me. Yeah, I'll, um, the case the, you're referencing the, so I can, I can become knowledgeable. Yeah. The, um, the CEO of the company, the owner of the company was, um, uh, there were five speakers. I was doing the keynote. We traveled around for several days together. So I really got to know this guy. Great guy. Um, they're out of uh, New Orleans. The fleet is out of New Orleans. So I'll get that information over to you. And I'll send you the, the CEO's contact. He loves talking about it. He's uh, he's trying to get these um, these kinds of cases have, have been a real problem around Louisiana. These um, crash, you know, cars just crashing into trucks, slamming on their brakes in front of them. And um, these staged accidents. Yeah, insurance it's a big fraud. issue for him. Yeah. Grabbers, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm in L.A. right now, and I mean, it's big. I mean, I need to be protected somehow. Kevin, boss, I'll just leave you at this real quick. Looks like they're giving us 2,000 pounds for this Tesla Semi for the battery, so we can run 82,000. I did a little bit of research there, and um, I'll have to go because I just got my paperwork. I'll talk to you later and listen online. Bye. There you go. Thanks for the call. All right. Um, well, oh, what did I? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I'm, Angie, could you get Eric back? I was just going to say goodbye, but I don't know if I hung up on him or I thought I hung up on the other caller, but both of them disappeared. Um, I was going to let him go because we're out of Garmin calls, but I would like to at least say goodbye. Oh, maybe we've got another Garmin call here for him as well. Uh, let's see if we can get him back. Lauren, I know we've been talking an awful lot about yes. GPSs. Any thoughts? Um, you know, I did have one question, though, for Eric. I wanted to ask him about um, the airplane mode, if, if you were able to put the watches ah. on airplane mode, because I, I don't think I've found an exact answer for that yet. And I know it's something that, you know, that we were talking about the past Good. couple well, of weeks, we so. We've got him back. We'll see if so. we can get him back on. Yeah, we've got him back. Oh, I'm going to bring him in great. right now. Eric, I'm not sure I may have hung up on you there. I thought I was hanging up on the caller, but both of you disappeared. So uh, we've got you back. Yeah, Lauren's I, I got a question. I think I did get hung up on, but that's great. Yeah, Lauren's got a question okay. for you about the watch, and then we've got another call for you. Uh, are you still good time-wise? 
Yeah, I'm good until noon. Okay. Um, well, as long as we've got calls, Great. we'll keep taking them. So, Lauren, go ahead. Yes, Eric, I just had a question about the Garmin watch. I was curious. Is there a way to put it on airplane mode? On airplane mode? Yeah, just so um, that it's not constantly updating or searching for service or trying to connect with the phone. Trying to connect over Bluetooth? Exactly. So yeah, you, you can turn Bluetooth off. Um, that's for sure. Um, so that you can just go into the settings on the watch and turn Bluetooth off and it's a little, we don't make it particularly, particularly easy to do that. Um, trying to think of if that, we have a mode called sleep now, that's not it. Yeah, it's, it's the, just something that I, mean, I feel could be helpful for some people who are, you know, some people EMS are a thing that they think about and, I wanted to know because I wouldn't want someone to be deterred by, you know, buying a Garmin watch because of, you know, EMF, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever kind of concerns that they could potentially have with that. But I did see yes. something about being able to turn it on, on, you know, turn off the Bluetooth. I just didn't know um, how to go about that. You can definitely turn Bluetooth off uh, or and okay. Wi-Fi. Uh, the watches have both Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Those are both 2.4 gigahertz. Um, if you're if you're talking in the EMF world, that's the frequency spectrum that those both of those protocols are in. And okay. pretty much everywhere you go, you're getting blasted with 2.4 gigahertz, just because Wi-Fi is just about everywhere. But if you mm -hmm. wanted to turn it off of your wrist, uh, you can do that. You just go into the uh, the settings on on the device, and you can just turn it off, right? You can just say, okay, there's a phone status and you can just like disconnect and it'll just turn everything off. So you can do that. You can go into Wi-Fi as well and just turn Wi-Fi off. So those are there. We, we don't really make those particularly prevalent because then we do want the watch always paired with the phone so you can get your smart notifications and all those kinds of things. So it's not like super easy to do, but it's there. Um, if you just don't want to see notifications and those kinds of things, we do have like a do not disturb mode that you can just quickly jump into and turn that off on a lot of our watches. Good to know. Thank you. All right. Let's, uh, let's grab another call here. We'll go to Tennessee. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. Excellent job with your questions and answers. Um, I'm retired IT 25 years and I've converted over truck driving because I got bored sitting at home after retiring, but one of the lessons I've learned over the years is interoperability with other technologies such as GPS industries. Is Garmin talking to Rand McNally and vice versa or other manufacturers about file sharing such as address books? Because you can import and export uh, a proprietary system like brand to brand, but my address book on my Random McNally, for example, has got lots and lots of locations that I've saved over the years. Now I want to try to import it into my Garmin OTR 800. I don't know if the industries are talking to each other to support that. That's my first question. So I'll pause. Go ahead. That's a great question. Um, you know, uh, Rand McNally is awesome you know, from, for what they do, but they are our direct competitor. So, 
um, in the trucking space in particular. Uh, they, they make the, the direct competition. Um, so those, those kinds of things are, are, are tend to be, we tend to look at them as like hooks um, into the customer, right? And so um, I'm sure if you have uh, a few hundred uh, saved locations on your device uh, that, are, that have value to you, um, and they're not necessarily something that you want to have to <laughs> manually um, export and send over to another device. Uh, I, I get that that's a uh, that's a uh, that's a pain point, and I think that that pain point is intentional. Much um, <laughs> just to be blatant with you, it's it's an intentional pain point because we don't want you guys to be able to easily switch from one device to the other. If if it if it's me, and if I if I you you have a diesel device, and you've got several hundred save locations that are yours and that has value to you. That means that you're more likely to buy a Garmin. So, um, that, that that's valuable to me. Now I, I do understand we want you to, it would be nice, nicer for you guys if we played nice with each other, but we, uh, we do kind of compete a little bit. <laughs> so I, yeah, I understand. I grew up us versus them mentality, IBM versus yeah. Microsoft. So right. the, uh, the, the, the second and final question, I know you're short for time, um, on the feature functionality, and I have nothing to compare but Brandon McNally and Garmin, my wife talked me into buying the Garmin, and she made a good call. We run teams, um, flatbed, mm -hmm. but the um, trip summary display is only available in the trip planner, not on the maps, per se, as you know, in the Garmin OTR 800. Is that something you guys have thought about? I mean, I can go in and I can get every turn in detail, and it gives me, you know, total number of miles, this many uh, waypoints along the way. But I got to scroll all the way down instead of seeing one summary within, you know, the map section. Is that something you're planning to implement in the future? Is it within one, or do I have to keep toggling back and forth to see the trip summary? The trip summary. So when you say trip summary, I just want to make sure we're we're talking the same thing. So what do you what information are you looking for when you see a trip summary? I'm looking for each and every lake. I'm looking for the miles between each and every lake. And I can mentally calculate mm -hmm. the man hours it takes to get there. Gotcha. In between stops and multiple stop trips. Yeah. It is in the planner right now in Garmin. But it's not available yes. in the map. Gotcha. So, one feature we recently added in the newest product, and I don't know which product you've got, but in, in the newest product, we have a, a feature called o Overview Map, um, which kind of gives you like a sp split screen view. So, like on one half of the screen, you see your turn by turn navigation, and on the other half of the screen, you kind of see an overview of your total trip. Um, and so if you have, you know, a large route planned, it'll kind of give you an overview of, of how far along that route you are and kind of gives you a percentage of, Hey, you're, you're 10% along done with your route plan, <laughs> your planned route, you're, you're 10% yeah. done or you're 50% done or those kinds of things. So we have that feature. Um, and then you can always just kind of like pan away from the, from your, on the, on the map, just kind of tap the map screen itself, right? Tap, tap where the map is and then it'll kind of jump out and you can, look at your overall route um, pretty easily on the device. There's a little button that lets you, and you can tap the little button that appears there and it'll show you the whole, on the full screen of the device, the whole, your whole route in front of you. Now, it may not give you some of the 
some of the metrics you're looking at. And maybe that's something that I could add is when you're in that view, it kind of shows you each leg um, and the miles uh, to each leg. Uh, that would be the type of thing. That, and that's probably maybe like the ETA at each, at each waypoint on your, on your route. That could be um, valuable information to add to that kind of overview screen. So I would agree with you. I would agree with you that we're probably weak at getting you that information in a quick and easy way once you've already started your route. Uh, we can we could potentially improve that a little bit. Like you said, we have screens <laughs> that give you that information. It's just about uh, getting it in a way that, in, a, in a place where you, you can see it the way you want to see it. Excellent, Eric. Appreciate it. Do you have time for one more question, or do you want to wrap it up? I got time. Yeah, go ahead. Kevin. <laughs> um, real quickly, the uh, points of interest. Uh, it would be nice if we can customize which points of interest icons we want to see while we're en route driving across the country. Um, right now, under preferences and settings, it's more of a generic. You get more normal or less instead of being able to customize and pick specifically which POI you want to see, whether it be for trucking or cars on Garmin. Mm -hmm. So... There's a there's a feature called up ahead um, that may may do this for may do what you want it to do um, and, and maybe I'm crazy but um, so uh, which device do you have again sorry uh, uh, OTR eight hundred OTR eight hundred great so there's there's when you're on your navigation screen. And you, you click on the little bottom right menu that opens up all your little map tools. Um, one of those map tools is called Up Ahead, and it'll open up that one. If you so normally we have like there's like four, three or four different um, depending on your screen size. I think there's three or four uh, items in that list for Up Ahead, and if you click on one of them, say it's truck stops or something like that, it'll show you the truck stops near you, right? But then we kind of hide this a little bit. It's probably a little too hidden. Um, in the upper left corner right there, there's a, there's a wrench um, that then lets you do what you can customize up ahead. Um, I see it, yep. and you, yeah. And so if you, if you customize up ahead, then on any of those four things, say, say I don't want to see restaurants, say I want to see McDonald's. <laughs> right there. Say, say, say I want to specifically see the McDonald's is up ahead. I can click on restaurants and replace that one with a custom search and I can type in the business that I'm interested in seeing. Um, and so I could type in McDonald's right there. And then now I have a, I have an up ahead that um, is showing me every McDonald's along my route. and It'll always highlight the, the McDonald's <laughs> okay. for me. So it's a little hidden. Uh, I do agree with you. It might be better to try to, get that a little bit easier to access, but you can, uh, I'll play with it when I pull over. What kind of, yeah. <laughs> what kind of businesses you're interested in, in seeing. So you can do a custom search. You can look for, for whoever you want to see. Um, and it'll show you the, show you the next one that's on your route. Okay. And I got one silly more question. Does Garmin have truck drivers working for them in the IT department? It's a joke. Guys. Um, 
<laughs> not in the IT department. No. <laughs> Give me a call. We'll talk. There you go. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Kevin, excellent. Thanks for the call. Appreciate Bye. it. Hey, Eric, we uh, we certainly appreciate you taking two hours out of your day today. You answered a bunch of questions for us. Um, and we'll uh, no, I, sure we'll do it again soon. Yep, yeah, yeah. We got this kind of regular cadence. I'll try to get on here once a quarter, every three months or so. I'll, I'll, I'll sit down, and spend some time with you guys. It's super valuable for me too. It helps me make the products better. So perfect. Uh, I want the products to, to serve serve the customers. So getting to have some direct we, talking with, with with the customers who are out there driving with these things every day is very important to me. So. We, Thanks for that opportunity, Kevin. We'll talk to you again soon. We love that. One other thing before you go. I really do appreciate your transparency mm-hmm. in marketing. I, I loved your answer that, you know, we know it would help you, but it's a competitive thing. And uh, it, you're transparent about it, which is what we love to do on this show. Let, let's just be upfront. <laughs> you may not like the answer, but here's the right answer. Yep, yep, there you go. You'll get it straight from me. I try to shoot straight up with you guys. Appreciate that. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Great. Eric. Thanks, Kevin. All right, take care. All right, Lauren, uh, what do you say you and I continue with some uh, health-related questions? Let's do that. All right, so do phone lines are open. I know we had a couple health questions earlier. I was really trying to focus on the Garmin questions while we had them, and I I know a couple of them dropped off. If you want to call back, uh, we're here and we're answering your questions. Let's go to Wyoming. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. This is Jim Broomfield. Say, um... I know you'll remember me. I called probably about a month ago, interrupt a good show. I know it was, and and you said you normally didn't do this, but I needed help, and you could help me. And uh, I've been struggling with this issue for probably five or six years, and uh, and you you spotted it right away. I, I want to say, and within five minutes, you knew what was going on with me. And it was that adrenal fatigue, you called it. Okay. Uh, and uh, I was the driver that took off driving from Yuma to Tucson and got to Tucson. And I had four highway patrols around me trying to stop me. A runaway truck, pretty much, like, a, you know. And uh, Yeah. But uh, I got back home and my wife took me right to the doctor and he couldn't figure it out. And I asked. Well, he says, oh, what do you know about adrenal fatigue? And he says, damn it, Jim, that's a good question. And he went looking through all the testing that they had done in Tucson and found it right away. So he sent me to a specialist, and they thought maybe I had a tumor because I wasn't producing cortisone. Cortisol. So we... Cortisol. Yeah. No, cortisone, cortisone. Well, that's what they have me taking is cortisone. What? Why would yeah. they do that? They said that my pituitary gland up in my forehead isn't producing the juice that goes down to the adrenal glands. Yeah, but that's cortisol. 
cortisol. That's it. Okay. You had me really confused. Cortisone is a steroid, and it, it's useful for pain in joints. They can do a cortisone injection. You could take a cortisone pill short term. It, it is actually one of the drugs I will occasionally tell somebody we don't like drugs. They're all toxic, but occasionally they do more good than harm. And if you're really in a lot of pain and it's, you know, interrupting your sleep and causing all kinds of stress, sometimes a cortisone shot or a couple of days on the pills can can really help the situation. Uh, but that's that's cortisone. That's specific. What our body produces and has a direct impact on adrenal fatigue and other things is cortisol. That's the 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 chemical messenger that basically keeps you awake and alert. So we we our body balances melatonin and cortisol throughout the day and night. When we're cortisol dominant, we should be awake. When we're melatonin dominant, we're probably going to be sleepy or asleep. And that that cycle can get out of whack from virtually everything, our our diet, our lifestyle, stress. So what so now I'm curious about what they are giving you. What what specifically do they have you taking? They have me taking five milligrams of hydrocortisone. I, we're back to the cortisone. Lauren, is this making any sense to you? Am, am, yeah. am I missing something here? And are cortisone and cortisol related at all? Not that I know of. And this is something that this is your HPA axis. So your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and, you know, your adrenal axis, which is also connected to your thyroid. So all of these things do connect and they do send signals to release certain hormones. But have you, have you taken a NutriQ yet? I have it in oh, my, hold on. Uh, hold, hold on. In my I, email. I just found something. Um, we're, we're about to learn something, Lauren. So the main glucocorticoid hormone secreted by the adrenal glands is called cortisol or hydrocortisone. Oh, I did not know the hydrocortisone was, was cortisol. I didn't either. I had no idea. Um, and I don't know how close that is to the cortisone that they give us when we, when we've got pain, I'm gonna have to do a little research on this, but, but here's, um, here's going to be my answer anyway. Um, Jim, the answer when we have, they're actually claiming you have low cortisol. They're trying to bring that number up which is the wrong approach to this. So what's happening, and, and the reason we call this adrenal fatigue, your adrenal glands aren't putting out enough cortisol to keep you alert and awake and keep your energy levels up. The answer is never to force more cortisol into the body. It's to figure out why there isn't enough. And, and there, this is very similar to blood sugar and insulin. You know, we, we create a diabetic through a horrible diet 
And then when their body can't produce enough insulin anymore because they're so insulin resistant, we give them more insulin and they feel better. Yeah. My analogy is I, I can yeah. do the same thing with a heroin addict. When I find them on the street and they're sweaty and puking, all I have to do is give them heroin and they'll feel a lot better. Does that sound like the right answer, though? Yeah, you're right. It, it, yeah, giving some, a heroin I mean, addict more it, heroin it, because it, it makes them feel better is the wrong answer. It keeps them a heroin addict. Giving yeah. insulin to a diabetic keeps them a diabetic. Giving cortisol to somebody who's already in adrenal fatigue will actually make the problem worse. Now, you may feel better. That's kind of why I use the analogies of heroin addicts and and diabetics. The drug they give does make them feel better, but it will never solve the problem. In fact, it will make the problem harder to solve over time. The longer you give a heroin addict more and more heroin or ultimately fentanyl because it's more powerful, the harder it is to solve the problem when we finally address it. The same thing with the diabetic. The longer they're given insulin just to cover up the symptoms and make them feel better, the harder it is for us to solve the insulin resistance when we finally address it. You're the first case I've heard of this, but it's the exact same thing. The longer you take this artificial cortisol, the the harder it's going to be to get your body back to where it's cortisol sensitive and, and you're producing enough again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they did an MRI, uh, you know, on my head. They thought maybe I had a tumor, why I wasn't making it. They said it was really rare, you know. Um, but everything checked out okay. The, the gland up in my head um, was small, but uh, they said the thickness and size was, was about right, you know. Yeah, this is this is not a physical problem of your pituitary or your HPA access. You are overstressed like most people in the world today, and you don't have enough stress resilience. If I if I asked you to run a marathon today, could you do it? Oh, depend on how far you want me to go. I tried jogging there no, for a, a while, and a, a marathon's I, pretty. I, I, I did pretty specific. It's twenty six point two miles. Would you be able to do the point two part oh, of it? No, no. Okay, that that's my. I could point. run down. So, the, I could almost run around the block. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. And and if I told you, I, I want you to prepare to run a marathon. Would you do it by avoiding running? No, I would start. I'd get out there and start jogging slowly. So you're until I ran out of breath, and I'd do it again. And and what would happen is your muscles would all get stronger, right? Your leg muscles would get stronger, so you could handle the running. Your heart muscle would get stronger, so it could pump more blood and move more oxygen around the body. Yep. So we have to do the same thing for stress. We have to train your body to handle more stress. Then your body will produce the proper amounts of cortisol.
Yep. Does that all make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I have an ELD in my uh, electronic log in here now, so we're not running hard and crazy anymore. No, but you are you are clearly oh, I'm, I'm, over fatigued. I mean, when, when we get to the point, look, I, I, I would venture to say about 80% of Americans are in some level of adrenal fatigue. Lauren, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's a pretty high percentage. That is for sure. But like Kevin's saying, you have to you have to find what's causing it. Blood sugar regulation is typically the first thing I look at. Then we got to figure out, um, you know, stress levels. What's going on stress wise? And your circadian rhythm. Are you getting enough sleep? I mean, there's a bunch of different things that go into it. it but you have to start somewhere. That's why I was asking you if you've taken the the NutriQ. Okay. Jim, I, I would I venture one. to I say if we cube. were to put a device on you that measures HRV, that your HRV would be chronically low. Yeah. How should I tell you? I've had every test on me. They've poked we, me, probed me. They've we, almost taken all my blood out of me. We, we don't need to do mm -hmm. any of that. None of that blood work yeah. was, should have been required for what you're experiencing. Now, I understand doctors in the medical system, they have to cover their ass. If this would have been pituitary cancer or something along those lines and they didn't do the MRI and they didn't do the blood work, then you'd have a lawsuit. So they do that to cover their ass. But I can promise you that Lauren no. and I could have figured this out from a phone call and a NutriQ. We, we kind of did. We were the ones that pointed them to adrenal fatigue in the first place. And we did it from a phone call. Then yeah. they went and with all yeah. of their yeah. expensive blood work and MRIs and all this other stuff, they verified what we had already said from a phone call. The problem is they used the wrong yeah. approach like they always do. They don't want to solve the root cause yep. of the problem. They want to give you a prescription drug to cover up the symptoms. Now, I was going to say something. You know, um, uh, we did our own little bit of research. And in some of the things we were reading, oh, gosh, it's been, uh, hold on. I think it was 2008, I had a back surgery done. And the anesthesia they used might have caused this problem as well. I, I can say I've, this. I've got that, to look into it. No, I, I can say this. That surgery alone would aggravate the hell out of a problem like this. You take somebody who's in adrenal fatigue already and then they go through a surgery, that's enough to push them over the edge. And then I have watched people suffer for years and decades after that. Um, any traumatic life event, L losing a loved one, a divorce, um, accidents, surgeries, anything that is that hard on us physically and emotionally affects our sleep all of this stuff is interconnected. And I have watched people's health deteriorate for decades after a single event like this. And they will chase everything. At some point, you'll be diagnosed with um, 
chronic fatigue syndrome and all these other things that aren't really diseases. They're conditions and, and doctors that are horrible at this area. I'm surprised they even figured out that it was low cortisol and they're attempting to do what they know. But all they know is once you find a condition, you prescribe a drug and, and that drug will never fix you. Yeah. No, no. It makes me feel like Superman. No, exactly. And like I said, go find a heroin addict in withdrawal and give them a shot of heroin and watch how good they feel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting on weight. Like I've never been able to hold weight. I just, my, my body just, I've, I've so high strung my whole life that, uh, I've never been able to get past 160. And so, I'm finally getting up there. So why don't uh, why why don't you do a NutriQ and a discovery call and let's work on this the right way? Okay, you got it. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, Kevin, for it, all you do, man. I mean, I I'm I'm going to have my doctor call you. I would or, love or, that. Or listen to your show. I, because I, uh, I've been doctoring with him for probably a good six years and he's not been able to pinpoint this. He, he won't be able to because of his going. training. His training will actually stop no. him from figuring this out. I don't have that and disadvantage. Not, I don't have that handicap when doctors, you know, when I get into debates with doctors and, and the first thing they want to say is, well, sarcastically they they'll say well where did you go to medical school i'm i didn't that's why i'm able to figure this stuff out i haven't been brainwashed yeah he's a he's not like your normal normal doctor he doesn't have a lot of patience he doesn't race rush through and only give you five or ten minutes I'll sit there an hour with the guy trying to pinpoint things sometimes. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I say all the time, doctors aren't yeah. bad people. They have good intentions. It's our system is so corrupted and our system is so stacked against them that their training tends to be a handicap when it comes to issues like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a more of a medicine doctor. Yeah, um, that the the medical school curriculums are all dictated by the big pharma companies. Oh yeah, yeah. That's who writes all the material. That's who I, I am going to be hanging out this weekend. Tomorrow's my last show. I leave tomorrow to get on a plane to go to Vegas, um, and I'm going to a conference right that, on. that really is a medical conference probably 90% of the people that are attending are MDs. Um, I'm actually going down to meet uh, Dr. Wolfson. I'm going to have dinner with him on Friday night um, and we're going to spend the, the weekend, but it's at a conference. It's mostly doctors. He's going to make a lot of introductions. We are always looking for doctors that have been functionally trained to be a part of our network so that we can recommend somebody out when there is a true medical condition. Um, the way we do with Dr. Wolfson, you know, when it's, it's a cardiology issue, 
we want to build, you know, other mm-hmm. doctors that are functionally trained. And that's mostly what I'm going to get down here. I mean, this isn't, it's a traditional medical conference per se, a lot of MDs, but it's focused, this particular conference is focused on anti-aging and extending life. Um, but it, these are functionally trained doctors. And, and that's really what I would like to see more of. You know, people like Lauren and I can help with diet and, and lifestyle, which is huge and it should be the first step. But at some point, many people are still going to need a doctor. And one doctor can screw up all kinds of good that we've done by doing what doctors do, which is prescribing drugs. Yep. You're right. You're right. Instead of an herb. And in, in, instead of something natural. Yes, exactly. It's already here. Yep. You know, I, I talk about aging. My, I had a great grandmother lived to be 116. So wow. I hope I make it. I hope I make it into my 90s and I'm living good. There healthy. you go. There you go. I do want to make it past the big 100. I think that would be quite an accomplishment. Big time. Right on. So we'll uh, we'll see I what I might will, learn Kevin. this weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend more time hanging out and networking than I will in sessions, and and that's just I I learn better on my own than I do in in sessions. You know, I look through the schedule. Many of these topics, they're only giving people 45 minutes. You can't cover hardly anything in 45 minutes. So. Um, there are a couple sessions I do no. want to hit, but for the most part, I'll probably spend most of the weekend just kind of networking. Well, right, Jim, I tell thanks. you, Kevin, I, I, I hope, I hope to come up and see you one of these days. That would be awesome. That would get be awesome. That, so, uh, get some of that yogurt you have. There you go. And, and some hot honey. That's my new new big project. The, the yogurt factory's been idled for a little while while I uh, turned the biohacking lab into a hot honey kitchen. There you go. <laughs> I just found out how heavy a five-gallon bucket of uh, honey is. It's really heavy. Oh, gosh. I'm now buying I, honey I, in five-gallon buckets. I, I used to. I, I used to raise bees. I, I know. Oh, yeah. You know, then. It's heavy stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. All right. Well, well get a Nutri-Q well, filled out and get a uh, discovery call scheduled. I'll do that. All right. Sounds good. We'll look forward to it. Have- let's, uh, let's go to Kentucky. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I've got to preface my question with a humorous uh, exchange. I talk to my mother every day. She's 87 years old, and she recommended that I absolutely positively needed to do something. So I told her I would definitely check with my health care professional. I, and I said, uh, the Trump, she said, well, yeah, but you never have to go to the doctor. I said, no, I will check with my health care professional. She said, Oh, that guy. Because <laughs> I'm always telling her what you what you said. She said, oh, that guy. I love it. That so, guy. That's I am, now I'm that guy. Yeah, that guy. She, yeah. 
Yeah, she knew exactly who I meant when I when I said it that way. She knew I meant you, not a doctor. So uh, anyway, I got a question for you and Lauren. She is absolutely insisting I do something, and I want to know what your opinion of it is. We were talking about childhood diseases, and she told me that I had had chicken pox, which I don't remember. But she no, told me I'd had chicken not. pox. I, I already know she, the question that's coming. Get the do shingles. Get the shingles vaccine. vaccine. But it'll help prevent your shingles. You can't drive if you get shingles. You you wouldn't be able to drive if you got shingles. And she said, then she said, I said, well, didn't you have shingles? Well, yeah, and I got the vaccine. And they said when I got the vaccine that I might still get shingles. That's right. But I I just think you ought to have it. So anyway, that, that was my question. I wanted to know what your opinion of the shingles vaccine is and why it's why you say no yeah, well, okay so i have to give I, her I a reason no my opinion is do not get the shingles vaccine um the only people i might recommend it for are people over 65 with a weakened immune system that they either can't do anything about or they won't do anything about so as people well, i'm over 65 but i guess i feel pretty healthy yeah th- this is a this is purely your immune system. That virus has been in your body since the day you got chickenpox. Like most of us our age and our generation, we were just, remember, I can remember this, when somebody in the neighborhood got chickenpox and another kid hadn't had it, the advice was go play with the kid with chickenpox so you get it and just get it over with. That, That was the advice back then. Just get it and get it over with because you're going okay. to get it. It was It's highly contagious. It spreads really easily. But every one of us that had the chicken pox, we have had the, the virus for shingles has been in our body since that day. Well, why does it just randomly pop up? I actually had a very, very minor case of shingles. And it was horrendously painful. I had a small spot on my right hand horrendously painful. I can't imagine these people that get big patches of it. But I can tell you when I got it, it was exactly what I, like I described at the open. I had just been at the Louisville truck show, again, the truck show. We were really busy leading up to it. We did a ton of driving to get there. I think I did three events, speaking events leading up to the, the, uh, truck show that year. I did multiple seminars at the truck show. We were visiting with partner companies every night. Sometimes I went out to two dinners to to make sure we got all of our meetings in. And then we left the truck show, made a detour through Ohio to, uh, I think Lisa had to renew her license. And then I made it out to... um, the Skagit Valley of Washington for the Tulip Festival in about three days by myself. I was the only one doing the driving. I really, really pushed hard and I was exhausted when I got there. And this was before I was eating healthy. This, this was a couple of years before we switched the diet. So I had really pushed my immune system to the limit and that's when shingles tends to show up. So don't get stressed and don't get shingles. Simple as that. Exactly. Keep your immune system healthy and, and don't <laughs> let the stress just beat you down to nothing. 
All right. Well, that answered it. I just couldn't come up with a good reason why not, and she was just insisting that I had to get it. And uh, I told her I'd visit with you, so I did. So, yeah. Here's the thing. I um see. Prior to learning all this, I almost got the shingles vaccine. I, I had it. It hurt so bad. I said, I never want to go through this again. I guess I'll get the vaccine. It had just come out. And I called and they said, well, we can't give it to you while you've got an active case. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll wait. And then afterwards, I just forgot about it. And then I actually learned what our immune system is for. And there really, there are no vaccines left that I would ever take. Okay, that answered the question. I appreciate the time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, Lauren, any thoughts on that? You know, I just, shingles shingle isn't something that is typically life-threatening. It kind of comes and goes, and it, it you know, it, but you're right. It's, it's low immune system. You want to make sure your vitamin C and vitamin D levels are good. Um, there's herbs and supplements that you can take to help if you do contract shingles and there are other types of treatment. So yep. I don't know why everyone is so, so quick to jump on a vaccination. What are the chances of you getting it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I know that the numbers, I, I want to say it's like super high, the chances of getting it. But like we just said, if you're, if you're healthy, you shouldn't have an issue. And you're right. The numbers are high, but let's go back 50 years. It was much more rare. People were metabolically healthier and we didn't have all this stress. So if we get metabolically mm -hmm. healthy and we learn how to deal with stress, which we can teach people how to do all of this stuff, you're not going to get shingles. You're, you're just not. A healthy person yeah. is not going to get shingles. Yeah. Having... Some kind of immune, you know, if you are immunocompromised and if you have diabetes, that's another risk factor for shingles. Absolutely. As well. Right. Because that, that diabetes is really an indicator that you are very metabolically unhealthy. I, it, there's nothing specific exactly. about diabetes itself. It's just such a strong indicator that yeah. you are metabolically unhealthy. Exactly. So, right. yeah, I mean... I personally wouldn't get one, but <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Like I said, if somebody were really old and they were sick a lot and their immune system was compromised and they, and they weren't willing to work on their own immune system, then I would say, well, you might be better off with the vaccine. Although it's still no guarantee that you're not going to get shingles. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's continue with the calls because they're piling up again. Let's go to Missouri. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I've uh, talked to you a couple times, uh, several times the last few weeks about that cutting back on coffee and that. Yes. And uh, just to refresh your, do, you, do you remember that? Or, I, I do, mean, yeah. Not, I know you only talked to me yep. and two other people. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, okay, so you remember. So uh, I went... In one week, I went from uh, two pots a day down to 30 ounces. Good. Been doing the 30 ounces a day. And uh, I told my wife last night, go ahead, go ahead, just don't make me any coffee for work. Uh, I don't need a cup on the counter. I'm just going to go coffee-free tomorrow, which was today. And I, I got to tell you, about halfway on my line hole run, about 100 miles into it, 
I, I felt great leaving the house, felt great going to work, hooking right. a set of doubles, doing my inspection, all that stuff. 100 miles down the road, I do what? It was like I, I'd been up for two days and I needed to, to crash bad. It Isn't was, that it was crazy? I, I was about to say, I, I yeah. think you might want to wean down a little more. Uh, before you try to go now you can go cold turkey and you will probably get through the worst of it in in i've never seen it last more than about three days but the other thing if you haven't okay had one anybody yet, can do three days if you haven't had one yet you can probably expect a pretty or horrendous headache here soon okay i had a really low grade headache just before i got tired and it was just in the background, like I realized it was there, but it wasn't even a bother. It just, okay. I knew it was there. But, if if, um, if yeah, you so, can, but you say be ready for one to rock you. Uh, there, I get them really bad. If I've been, you know, when when I quit caffeine now, it's not a big problem because I only drink one cup a day. But when I'm in that mode where I'm drinking two a day, and I go from two to zero. I will have two days where in about mid-afternoon, I'll get this just horrendous headache. Um, and it'll usually last a couple hours, uh, and then it, it will go away. I might go do some breathing, and that'll usually help, or the cold exposure actually helps quite a bit too. And it'll be about two days. And then on that third day, the headaches will go away, and I'll feel pretty normal again. Um, with as much caffeine as you've been using, I, I would say probably three days will be the worst of it. And then after that, it will resolve pretty quickly. Okay. That's fair enough. Then I just wondered kind of how long, uh, what to expect with this, but, uh, wife did get a hold, uh, decode in yesterday and, uh, she got a neutrophil she's filling out. It was kind of funny. She was, uh, she started using uh, cannabis, you know, for the pain in her neck. There's a strain they have here. They, they nicknamed it Bubba Fett after, I think, a Star Wars character. Okay. And that specific strain really gives her a lot of pain relief. Oh, good. Good. And she only, if she, if she takes like two puffs of it, she's, she's good for like three and a half hours, like zero pain. Excellent. I takes three puffs of it, then she gets the other effect of cannabis, which she doesn't really like. But yeah, uh, she starts giggling. Right. So anyways, and, uh, yeah, she starts giggling and looking for Cheetos. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm a regular Jack Benny. Yeah, she's looking for that. We keep you know stuff for the granddaughter. She's yeah, digging right. through the covers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, she was she was actually asking me. She goes, you know. I'll, because I told her when you fill this out, just as honest as you can be, as completely honest. Don't don't cheat it either way. Just if you the more honest you are with this thing, the better it will work. Yes. Because they got to have a good instructions to draw a good map. Okay. And she's like, okay. And then she's like, I'm really should I should I put down there that I smoke weed? And I go, well, actually, I think it's going to bother Kevin because he probably hits it every once in a while for similar purpose too. So. Yeah, absolutely. He goes, oh, really? And I go, yeah. A lot of a lot of people do, honey. I mean, I can't because of my job. But if I if I had pain and I knew that would fix it, then I could just do that. Um, I promise you, I would do that. Yeah, it's, I, it's it's not the big evil thing the government, you know, propagated it out to be. You know. No, here's the thing. It's not going to cause you fatty lizard liver disease or. Yeah, every. <laughs> 
every painkiller on the market, including all of the over-the-counter, aspirin, Tylenol, um, I, all the the more recent versions of, uh, oh shoot, what are these called? Um, NSAIDs, all of the NSAIDs for pain, all of them interrupt our gut bacteria. All of them can increase bleeding in the digestive tract. They all have some pretty severe side effects. Uh, Tylenol and acetaminophen, horrible for our liver. And they, they never warn people about any of these things. On the other hand, a little bit of cannabis now and then, uh, all of the effects are positive. There are very, very minor um, negative side effects. One of them that I would have never known until I started measuring HRV, um, your HRV goes down with THC in your system pretty quick, happens almost immediately. Um, so there are some negative side yeah. effects, not something we want to do all the time, but when we're in pain, pain has some pretty negative side effects. It's horribly stressful on our body. So like I've said, I, I will even yeah. recommend a, a cortisone shot occasionally for people to get them out of pain. And cortisone has some pretty nasty side effects. Um, THC and CBD combined, uh, 50, 50, which may be her, that strain may have enough CBD in it, um, that it's really effective for pain. And the side effects are very, very minimal. Well, see, she was telling me when she goes to this, uh, this local one's called, uh, Flora Farms. It's, uh, it's uh, very local to where we live. Yeah, good. Uh, cultivators, they call them back here. Yep. The people that grow, I call them growers, but the people that work in the industry call them cultivators. Anyhow, um, she was really surprised when she first got her card and she went in there and she goes, you know, it's not like when we were buying pot in high school. She said it's, they make it, and she kind of laughs, she goes, they try to make it act like you're at you're in a doctor's office. I know, right. You know, and all this stuff. <laughs> but it, like when he was getting her medical her medical card, they, she was on speakerphone in the car. And the way this guy was talking, I just like, what I didn't say a word, but I felt like saying, dude, you're handing her a, a, a pot card. Just, exactly. Give, just, just, just knock it off a little bit. Come on. Right, right. You're going all Dr. Wellby on her. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, one, once you but anyways, in the states where recreational is legal, most of that goes away. But I, I've been, when Colorado, before they legalized recreational, I'd, I had been in the medical dispensaries and, and they really tried to keep it real serious and prescriptions and, I, come on guys, it, I, I can grow this stuff in a pot and you know, I can grow it in my backyard. Give right. Right, we used to grow it in the cornfield behind the house. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. size of Christmas trees. Yep, yeah. that's right. But. Uh, yeah, she said that it mostly at the um, the outlets. So it's mostly old people in there. Uh, absolutely, she goes. Yeah, they're just not, so happy to get uncommon. to get some relief for their their hands. Yep. She goes. There's people in there that like my mom's got uh, really bad arthritis, and like most people her age, she's 91. She you couldn't dynamite her off of bread and pasta uh, to right. save her life. Right. And literally it, uh, yeah. it, you know, and her fingers are twisted up like an oak tree, you know, limb, but, and there's people like that. And there, she says her hands are just crooked. Like my mom's and the, the, and my mom's are, the, the chronic pain she goes through with that arthritis. It's, it's horrible, but yeah. And, yeah. and she still won't give up bread and pasta. I'm just like, uh, well, if it's that important to you, 
<laughs> I know. I don't I know. get it. You know, I, I, th- I think a lot of it is that they really just don't believe it would help anyway. I got one for you on that because she was like, well, I don't know. I've been eating that way my whole life. And I told her, I said, do you remember back when uh, Ronnie died and we was at the church downstairs at uh, the luncheon after his funeral? She goes, I do. I go, and you remember when I got up from the table, it was my mom and my sister and my sister-in-law. And uh, my sister-in-law is her and my brother's old enough to be my parents. I'm the last of 11. Okay. So anyhow, I asked mom, I said, hey, would you like some another cup of coffee? And she goes, I would. I pop up and be up over there and get her one and bring it back. And this was just, I don't know, six years ago. No, it wasn't even then. It was since I started listening to you on XM and cleaned up my diet. Anyhow, uh, I sat it down in my sister-in-law, which they live up in Iowa and I live in Missouri. She goes, oh, you had your hips done. I go, excuse me? She goes, you had your hip done. I go, I'm not following you. And she goes, okay, you've had your hip replaced. I go, no, I didn't. Why would you say that? She goes, I've known you since you was a little boy, and in your late 20s, you always had a hitch in your giddy-up. When you got it from the table, you you kind of, your hip was stiff, and you could see it in the way you walked until you got about five feet, and you just got up and walked away like you were 12. Ah. I go, oh, I just don't eat bread and pasta anymore. <laughs> so she's seen it works. Yeah. And yeah. she was involved in the conversation. Interesting. Yeah. And my sister-in-law was a school teacher, and she had read about that. She goes... So does, and, and literally, this is how ignorant it gets. She's like, so does that really work? And I simply said, well, why don't you tell me? You thought I had my hip replaced. I, and <laughs> it, it's one it, thing to know. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's one thing to know your own body doesn't have pain anymore. It, it's pretty drastic if another human being can look at you and say, you're not in pain anymore. What changed? Yeah. And then they ask you, does it really work? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to go uh, all whim off on them. Yeah. I'm like, you're the that noticed it. I know. <laughs> you know? I, I know. <laughs> that. Well, yes. Dale, here's what that tells us. That tells us how complete the brainwashing has been. Yeah. Yep. And I noticed another thing at the store, the grocery store yesterday, you had mentioned one time. How when you uh, get around people, uh, a group of people that eat clean and they're actually healthy, how much better they look as people. Everybody's in different shapes and sizes and facial, you know, yeah. configurations. And I get that, but but you said they look yellow, and I was going through this, the grocery store yesterday and I was looking around, and it's like people have like a like you said a yellow, uh, yeah. like a yellow hue to their skin, yeah, and I know. That's I mean, usually, I've always been darker complexed, and that's just my genealogy. But no, that's that's usually an indication Go that ahead. their liver is working overtime. That kind of what do you call it, jaundice color? It's similar to jaundice. Yeah, their their liver is working overtime. Their liver is overstressed, and we start to see it. You, you people get fatty liver at that point. You'll start to see the the jaundice kind of coloring. Their eyes aren't as clear. Uh, when you spend enough time around people who have been doing this a long time, you start to notice all of those signs. Their skin looks better. Their coloring is better. Their eyes are more clear. Uh, it, it's pretty distinct. Yeah. I noticed another thing about that cardio miracle. 
Um, just from I've been in, I had a horrific accident. So, and my left leg was busted two places just below the knee, and my feet, my left foot took one hell of a beating. So I have, uh, I do even with a clean diet, I have some pain issues in that, yeah. Yeah. in that leg and foot, you know, and uh, and I I know it's not the thing to do, but I've been taking the uh, a leave. Yeah. One a day for that. And then I just muscle through the rest of the day. Um, since I've been taking that cardio miracle for about a week, uh, I haven't taken any leave. I noticed so, that I don't like taking medicine. So right. as, as soon as I cannot take it, I won't. And about the third day of taking that, I woke up and I was like, you know, my damn leg and my foot isn't hurt. Yep. So I'm just going to skip it. And I took, I took one and put it in a baggie and threw it in my lunchbox just in case. Yeah, but uh, it's still in there. I, I'm not surprised that that again when when we get the proper nutrition, we see inflammation levels lower, and that's really all that's going on here. Chronic pain is chronic inflammation, and if we can lower it, then the pain goes away. Sometimes diet alone is enough. Uh, in your case, you had such a severe injury that we had to go a little further. It could have been a mineral imbalance. Could have been missing some cofactors, but. Uh, when it when it works, it's always a good thing. Let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome to the program. How's it going, Kev? I got a quick question. I, I I didn't hear that one guy that was talking about the cortisone or whatever. Yeah. Did he, did you ask him the magic question about how his diet was? Uh, <laughs> I don't think look, I ever. Because I'm not. I mean, yeah, I I didn't. That's what I didn't get because I was the way I was listening to him. Like if he's doing all this stuff why isn't it oh well wait i don't think you asked him that magic question (laughs) one of the reasons i didn't that he's a return caller we've been talking to him over the last month or so several times so i think in my mind i assumed we had already addressed diet and i can promise you this there are a lot of people with a super clean diet who are stuck in adrenal fatigue and diet alone will never get them out of it that, that's why okay. I spent right. two years on the stress protocol. That was the whole point of the stress protocol. When somebody is in such severe adrenal fatigue that even the cleanest diet is not helping them, what do we do? And we didn't know what to do. And we used to tell them, well, just go meditate and avoid stress. And that would work short term until they were back in the stressful situation. And then they'd be back in adrenal fatigue again. And that's what we, I figured out, we have got to build that stress muscle. A diet alone will not get somebody out of this. Well, I got to tell you, the, um, the Rishi uh, stuff at night, Kevin, my God, I was the same as you. I could function on four hours. I started doing that at night now and like, it's amazing. I do like an hour or two before I go to bed. And when I'm, I'm having these weird, like, I shouldn't say weird, but these vivid dreams. Yes. Like you wouldn't believe. I'm, yeah. I mean, like, and then it's like, it's like you're watching a movie. Yeah. Doesn't it, doesn't it feel good to feel sleepy again? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what, and then another thing me. I noticed I never really felt like I was sleepy. I could feel exhausted 
physically exhausted. That was pretty common by the end of the day, but I never really felt sleepy. And once I started on the adaptogen protocol, that was one of the first things I noticed was as I got into the evening, I started to feel sleepy, not just exhausted. And it feels really good. Yeah. I would, I, my thing was, I, I would go to, I, I knew I needed at least four hours. So I would, you know, if I was watching a TV or something, I wanted to watch it. And then I would go to bed and I, you know, I'd walk myself to sleep. Right. Or I'd lay down and I would go to right. sleep. But I never, I never, like when I got, now when I get up in the morning, it's like, I get up, I do a quick stretch in the bed before I stand up. And it's like, I don't know, I feel so much better. My, and even, like I can look at my lot, I can even look at the, the stress and my HRV too. And it's weird about this. Like I'm at 51 now balanced, but it's straight up in the middle. And nice. you know how that you read that on the watch on both sides. Like you see the, the, the where the, uh, the low is. Right. And then on the other side is what it, that's balanced out. Perfect. On both sides. Perfect. Yeah. So the chill is, uh, I'm glad I, 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 I've tried it and it's, it's working. So anyone out there having problems with issues, it may not work for everybody, but I know it worked for me with the sleep. Excellent. It's also a great drink. Uh, I'll let someone else get to sleep. Yeah. Oh my God, Kevin, I put a little bit of coconut water and that's it. I, and you know what? I, I don't even, I don't do, I don't do two packages. I, I do one. I don't, you know, I mean, I, it's just, it's just perfect. It's just like the little sweet, a little, you know, yeah. look the cinnamon in there. It's like, a, and you're done with it. Exactly. All right, let someone else get in there. Thanks, Kev. All right. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, the, the chill cacao, Lauren, have you tried that yet? The Four Sigmatic? Uh, is it the one that comes, you make like a like a hot cocoa with it, kind of? Yeah, it's in a blue, but like a baby blue package. Yes, and it is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's, it's rich I, and chocolatey. I had a sample is what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot how I made it. I think I mixed it with some, with some almond milk or something. It was really good. So the way I make mine, the, the chill cacao itself, one packet is only four ounces. So I'll either use two packets or I've actually switched now. They also make what Four Sigmatic makes what they call an elixir. So their elixirs are usually high potency, where sometimes the coffee and the chocolate is like a low or a medium potency of the adaptogen itself. Their elixirs are high potency. So, and, and again, you mm -hmm. can mix them right in water. So I'll take one packet of the chill cacao and then I'll take one packet of the elixir and I'll mix those and I'll use just 12 ounces of water. And then I'll use, they, they also have um, functional creamers and they're, they're coconut milk based. So, and then they oh, have the adaptogens in them. They have two different versions of the creamer. So I'll do one packet of the cacao, one packet of the elixir, and then I'll finish it with the creamer. And of course I like butter in my hot drinks and then a little bit of hot honey. And that drink is like a decadent dessert. It's so good. And it has just got so much of the, uh, the reishi and the adaptogens in there. It's pretty powerful stuff. Mmm, that sounds delicious. 
Yeah, very, very good for balancing out that stress response. It's really powerful. Definitely, definitely. So we need to, uh, we so probably need to go in and um, adapt and change our stress protocol to add that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, like your one-on-one coming up, the discovery call. Um, having somebody do that, the, the Rishi cacao at night would be a great addition. All right, good to, you're absolutely right. Let me, let me make a note of it. Yeah, while you're doing that, I'm going to grab another call because they keep coming in and we only have 10 minutes left. We are, we are going to start cutting off shows at three hours um, and there may be a new <laughs> schedule coming up. We may even cut back a little bit on the airtime. Uh, for me, it's it's just going to be necessary. Uh, once we get shows where, um, Lauren, you may be doing some podcast on, on your own and the Power Hour may do some stuff on their own. Once I'm able to back off a little bit, um, right now, though, when I do those three and a half hour shows because we just keep going, uh, it's really starting to interfere with my schedule. So uh, we've got 10 minutes. We're going to try to get through some of these calls here. Um, oops. Hold on, Matt. I didn't mean to put you in the queue yet. Randy in West Virginia, it's your turn. Yes, sir. Uh, my wife's got a really, really bad cough. She's been all these doctors and everything, and I just wonder if y'all would do anything would kind of help her out. Uh, I mean, well, it's so bad. If, if you listen to the show, you know what my first question's going to be, right? Well, I listen, but uh, that's another thing I can ask you. Could someday you have a back to basics on the health thing? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. Because someday could you have a back to basic on the health thing? Yeah, we should do that. Uh, that's a good idea. Uh, Lauren, let's um, let's do that next week. Why don't you make a note of that and, and we'll go back to the basics. What we'll is start it? On, um, just a back, back to, to the me. basics on health. So we'll go back and we'll we'll talk about okay. all the myths about fat and saturated fat and carbohydrates. We'll we'll just really go back to the beginning. We'll talk about the two energy sources the body can run on, um, and and we'll just make oh, that okay. a theme for next week. Um, so Randy, let me just explain what we do here health wise. Um, what we don't do is we don't ever fix acute problems quickly. What I mean by that is you came to us with a very specific issue, a, a cough. There's nothing we have that's going to fix that cough. There are no supplements. I mean, we might be able to come up with a couple of things that might help a little bit, but it, it's not the way we practice health. Everything for us comes back to diet. So the, the, our advice, it sounds like a broken record, but we will say the same thing to every person that calls, whether they have an ingrown toenail or they have stage four cancer. Everything starts with diet. And we don't have any answers other than diet. Now, once the diet is changed, if there are still problems, and many times there aren't, many times we change the diet and all the problems go away and we're done. But if we change the diet and after 30 days, there's still a problem, then we can address that problem. Or we would have a doctor we could recommend you to, a functional doctor. But most of the time, 
you know, if, if there's still something hanging out after 30 days, we can usually figure it out. We might recommend a supplement, but really our approach is if, if you wanted to work with us to, to fix this issue, our advice would be, you've got to eat a clean diet for 30 days and then we'll talk. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes real good sense. And, and uh, I'm glad you explained it that way. Yeah, we, we I, I don't I want, want you buying a, a bunch of supplements because they're not going to work. We know that if the diet is, is right. the standard American diet, that diet is so poor, there is nothing we can give you or nothing we could recommend that's going to do much of anything. Yeah. Got you. And, and also the, the, the type of cough is really important to know. So there are chronic coughs, and I know that some medications can cause chronic dry cough, That's which is something point. that I've been, yeah, so I've been really interested in that because I have a family member who has a dry cough, had it for years, and I really think it's a medication she's on. And, you know, so if it's something that's chronic or if it's something acute, then, you know, obviously regular things boosting your immune system. But yes, Kevin is right. We always start with diet. Always. Okay. I'm going on vacation Friday and I, I filled out a, a future Q thing, but I haven't got back to it yet, but I'm going to it and I'll, I'll talk to my wife and I just want you to know when you was on XM, I quit listening because of your health issues. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. But yeah. now, but a, now a lot of people did. I found you again and, yeah, I, and, and I wish I hadn't now. But, well, you're back, uh, so that's the I, I good news. I promise you this. I promise you this. I listen to you all day long. Well, thank you. All day, I go back and uh, I, I went back to March and come forward and 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 you've already helped my truck, and I and I know you're going to help me when I I'm off the rest of the year after Friday. I'm going to do that that neutral Q thing. Excellent. And I, and start doing what you say for the next twenty some days at least. Excellent. I'll be home. All right, Randy. I will look forward to it. Your show is great. I will look forward to it. I am going to rush you a little bit today because we're at the end of the show, and I want to get to as many of these calls as I can. Uh, but most days' calls, we'll spend as much time as we need to. Uh, let's go to Wisconsin. Matt, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. Good afternoon. What can we help you with? So I'm in a little bit of a dilemma. <laughs> um, so I've been uh, in the past year um, si- since May. Uh, I've been doing NDK, but over the last year, I'm I'm down 80 pounds. Congratulations! Um, I just re- yeah, just recently uh, saw an endocrinologist for my diabetes um, back in the beginning of September. My A1C went from 10 down to 5.7. Congratulations. Um, That's incredible. All there. <laughs> so uh, I had to hey, uh, recently, hey, last Matt, week, actually. Um, Matt? I, yeah. Before we go on yeah. to this, I, I want to ask you something. When were you diagnosed as a diabetic? What year? Yeah. Um, I want to say 2010, maybe. Okay. So roughly a decade ago, a little more than a decade ago. In all that time, I'm yep. sure your doctor gave you lots of advice. Take take this drug. Well, that's not working <laughs> quite right. Let's add this drug. Uh, they probably told you to eat low fat and watch your calories and um, 
eat lots of plants and or, or they gave you no advice at all. In that 10 years, did anything ever improve in your diabetes or did your numbers continue to go up? They just continued to go up. And, and then with nothing but a, a dietary change, no drugs, no workouts, no crazy, you got to spend three hours a day on a treadmill four times a week. With none of that, look at how fast your numbers improved. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I don't um, know how they so, can So my dilemma here is, this. yep. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I agree 100%. Um, but this is my dilemma. So I had to set up a new primary doctor last week because my doctor, my, my regular physician for years, he retired last December. So for last year, I haven't had a regular doctor. Okay. Um, so just for like eye exams and stuff like that, I had to have a primary doctor. So he did a cholesterol test on me. Of course, my cholesterol is super high. Um, according to them. And, and I, I think the neighbors are high. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm hoping you say. So next Monday, I go to my traditional cardiologist, and this primary doctor, and I know she's going to be, oh, you need to go back on a statin. You need to go back on a statin. And um, I guess I'm looking for some questions to ask her when I go there. You know, what, uh, first one that I'm going to say is, well, isn't there a way I can fix this with something I eat? Hold on. That's kind of what I want to do. I have a better first question for you. Yeah. Why do we think this is broken? Yeah. Yeah. That's a better Um, first question. I always go back to what you said at one time. Yeah, I heard you say one time. You know, am I? I I'm not a. Defi- I'm not deficient on a statin. Absolutely, I'm not deficient not. on that. <laughs> right. You know, here's yeah. the here's the heart yeah. to heart I would have with this doctor. I would say, look, ten years ago you diagnosed me yeah. as diabetic, and your only answer was to put me on a drug, and then that drug didn't work after a while, and you put me on another drug, and my numbers continue to go up, and my health continued to deteriorate until I tried a different approach. I I. I changed my diet and everything about my diabetes is resolving very quickly. So now you come up with a new problem, just some number on a chart. You claim that my cholesterol is bad and you want to want me to go down the same road again. What's going to get better when I'm on a statin? The only thing that's going to improve is the number is going to be something she'd rather see. You said back on a statin, which makes me believe you've been on them. Did your health really improve when you were taking those statins? Not at all. No, and many people suffer some pretty negative side effects. Muscle pain, tiredness, fatigue, all kinds of crazy stuff. Not only does their health not get better on a statin, it actually gets worse. That that, that was me, and that's why she took me off of it. And then at one point, she's like, well, I just took it off it temporarily and to see if it, this improved, but you really should go back on it. Well, wait a minute um, to see that was if a couple what months improved. Ago. Uh, Did she ever ask you about your health? Is your health improving or is all she's looking at are lab numbers? The lab numbers. That's it. Who the hell cares what that lab number yeah. is? I want to feel better. 
Exactly. So, and I, to last, I talked, I talked to you guys a few months ago, maybe two months ago, and I actually did a, um, uh, particle test with Dr. Wolfson, one of Dr. Wolfson's coaches. Okay. Yeah, you know, it was rather expensive. Um, you know, and I did recently send them an email, kind of a follow-up. I mean, I'd really like to see Dr. Wolfson, but I, I can't afford it. Um, you know, just that test was, was almost a grand. I know. And my plan when I talked to them, that, that was in July, and my plan is after the first year, I'm going to do that test again, that particle test. Um and then maybe get a little bit more of a protocol from them. It's just in the dilemma I was, I, me, I'm seeing this cardiologist next week and I kind of need an answer for her now to say, Hey, hey Matt, I'm not taking a satin. <laughs> yeah. Let me help you a little bit with this. First off, just tell this doctor, you don't want the damn statin. They, they can't force you to take anything. If you want to go back and, and get, you know, a follow-up recommendation from Dr. Wolfson's team, I would do that. I would not spend the money on a particle size test again. Honestly, for me, I won't even do it the first time. Sure. I've never done it. I don't care. I realize I'm sure. eating the way a human being should eat. My cholesterol is what it is, and I could care less. Sure. Oh, these statins, I tell you. Have you read um, Dr. Wolfson's book? The paleocardiologist? Twice. 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 <laughs> okay. Good. Well, if you, uh, go back, if you go back to the part regarding statins, it will tell you the numbers. It takes, um, it takes 63, 63 people need to take the drug for five years in order to prevent one person from having an event. The important uh, thing is right here, and I quote, the important statistic is called the number needed to treat. That's what you should ask your doctor regarding any therapy. So basically, 63 people taking the drug for five years, that's 114, almost 115,000 pills to be consumed to prevent one event. Tell me those numbers make sense. <laughs> they just yeah. don't make sense. I'll, I'll listen to this back and I will write those numbers down because I remember him specifically talking about that in the book and... It all makes sense, you know, and just, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So something to, to talk to your doctor about and make them think, yeah. you know, I, I, that's, I feel like that's yeah. our role is to make the doctors think, go and ask the proper questions to make them go do the research. You know, when, when somebody's sure. A1C drops that fast, their health improves. I, I just really don't get too concerned about cholesterol numbers, period. Mm -hmm. Sure. All right. Well, you guys have been very helpful, and I I I, I listen to you guys all the time, and I'll go back and listen to the show now. And like I said, I'll I'll write those numbers down and 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 specifically talk to about it. I guess I just needed a little reassurance that I'm kind of on the right path and I'm doing the not, right thing. You know, not um, kind of on the right path. <laughs> Absolutely on the right path. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Well, that makes me feel better. Good. Good. So, All right. Call us back. Let right, us know how that uh, conversation goes. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Please. Pete, welcome to the program. Pete, are you there? Hmm. Pete? Uh, you know what? I'll put you back in the queue. Um, Angie, don't screen any more calls. In fact, I'll just go turn the... Oh, looks like we already shut them off. Thank you, Angie. 
Um, I will finish these two calls if we can get them. Let's try Joe and see if he's there. Joe, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Uh, thanks for what you do. I remember you talking about your red light and all that stuff. I was talking to my sister, and she does a, a bounce out of bed, and I told her to quit that. Uh, she has a heart problem. But I also told her something that I heard a long time ago. If you take your index finger and put it on your thumb, take your other index finger and put it on your thumb, when you get up in the morning and you rub those together for one minute, it creates electricity. And I do that. I just lay there in bed for one minute, stretch, and I do that. Supposedly, what I understand about that is when you're when you're uh, asleep, you're not producing any electricity. Well, that's not so true. So you do we that would, to get we your electricity. Die. If we did, no, have I mean you are producing some, but you're not producing anywhere near enough for for you to be active. Well, well, wait, well, hold on. Um, Joe, one of the things I, I like to do around health, and I'm not saying this method is foolproof, but it's kind of always my go-to. So when we talk about our therapies, um, red light therapy, for example, well, somebody might say, well, and I always go back and kind of measure things against how we lived as hunter-gatherers. We, we had everything we needed to be outrageously healthy as hunter-gatherers. So that's always my go-to. When I look at a therapy like red light therapy, somebody might say, well, that's, the hunter-gatherers didn't have red light therapy. Sure they did. They spent their entire life out in the sun. And we don't do that anymore. We wear sunglasses. The, the, the glass in our vehicles is all treated so the sun rays don't get through it. Most of the glass in a lot of homes is treated to block many of those rays. And we don't spend much time outside. So hunter-gatherers did have incredible amounts of red light therapy that we don't get. When I look at the Wim Hof breathing, well, hunter-gatherers weren't walking around breathing with an app. No, but they were breathing differently because of their activity levels. So we're recreating something that kept them outrageously healthy. When we look at cold exposure, Sure, hunter-gatherers were exposed to extreme temperatures all the time, and we're not anymore. So I look at everything when somebody says, well, when you sleep, you're not producing enough electricity. Enough electricity for what? Hunter-gatherers did not wake up and rub their fingers together for a minute to produce electricity. So I'm wondering what, but what it's a went trick. wrong with my body. What am I trying to recreate here? Uh, but, uh, yeah, you Bingo. You got it. But supposedly it only works if you do both hands. One hand doesn't work. Uh, that's a trick. Hey, hey Joe, am I tricks. being punked here? No, you know, you're not being punked at all. Cause, uh, I actually heard about that a long time ago. I actually saw my dad doing that when I was a little kid and I was wondering what he was doing. His health was horrible. Uh, so that is something people do. Uh, they, they, they just take their index finger and their thumb and they just rub them together for about a minute. Now, supposedly, once you're awake, it doesn't do anything. I, I, oh, yeah, I don't. Electricity. I, I am. I, I think most people know I'm pretty wide open when it comes to new ideas. I, I won't just poo-poo something and say, no, that, that doesn't work. But I do try to put some logic to it. What, what am I missing in my life that, that used to exist? 
you know, our hunter-gatherer ancestors didn't do this. It's not a, it's not a fault. Our body isn't broken. What am I trying to recreate? And nothing makes any sense to me with this. Well, I do know one thing. Bouncing out of bed is not healthy. I know that for a fact. That's fight or flight, right? I'm sorry, say that again. Getting up, bouncing straight out of bed is very unhealthy. That's fight or flight. You want to wake up slowly. You know, I, I think we could probably argue that, too. I don't know definitively that that bouncing out of bed with lots of energy is necessarily a bad thing. It, it could very well be a good thing. It could be a very healthy melatonin cortisol response. My melatonin drops when it's supposed to. My cortisol raises and I wake up nice and alert. I, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Because, you know, they sell those mini screeners, mini screenies, something like that, the truck stop. They have a, yeah. It's like a foghorn. It'll, it'll wake up the dead. Yeah, see, I would, I, I would venture an argument that that's a, a sign that something is wrong with us metabolically, that we, that we wake up too slowly and we need this screaming alarm. Think about how dangerous that would have been as a hunter-gatherer. By the time I wake up, the jaguar's already got my neck in its throat. Hmm. We well, were never designed to be time. hard to wake up. A person that's hard to wake up as a hunter-gatherer, their lineage would not have, have continued. They would have been eliminated from the gene pool. There, well, I've even talked about, there's a really, people, there's people a really good up. book called, um, it's called Going Wild. Um, Lauren, could you look that up for me real quick while I'm talking? I think it's called Going Wild. Um, and they talked about, I, I thought this was one of the most amazing things I've learned. They talked about how we know that we have different sleep cycles in different stages of life. Babies sleep on and off all day and all night. Um, teenagers don't like to go to sleep till really, really late in the night, early in the morning. Then they tend to sleep in till late in the afternoon. Um, at middle age, we have a certain sleep pattern. And then old people tend to go to bed early and wake up early and sleep shorter hours. They said that was a human adaptation that kept us safer at night because there was a good chance somebody in the clan or the tribe was either awake or sleeping very, very lightly and would be awoken easily. And that kept us alive. It was also one of the benefits of domesticating wolves into pets. Our dogs sleep very lightly and our dogs are very protective at night. So the idea that somebody sleeps so deep that they need this screaming noise to wake them up is not a good thing for us at all. Oh, I agree. And I, I, I thought that thing was going to give me a heart attack, but I know, well, they still sell it. Well, of course they do, because people will buy it. Doesn't mean it's healthy. They still sell soda. 
and, you know, 10,000 types of food in the grocery store that's killing us. They're not going to stop selling that stuff. They still sell insulin. 20 bucks and you're up. Yeah, they still sell insulin every day. They make an awful lot of money. They still sell statins every day. They make a gazillion dollars selling statins. They should just be outlawed. Yeah, my doctor tried to put me on those. Every do- everybody's doctor does. As a matter of fact, they make got, an awful lot of money doing it. I got I got I got in trouble with the nurse. She she was chastising me chastising me about all that. But uh, no, I I. Uh, I, I, you know, I see, I see tricks on YouTube. I see tricks and I hear you talking about your red light stuff. A lot of people in the past, they used to put blue lights in their trucks. You have any idea what that was about? That's a really, really bad idea. The too much, too much blue light is what's causing us all uh, many of our sleep issues. All of your devices, your laptops, your iPads, your phones, your GPS screen, they all emit too much blue light. And blue light is not very natural for us. Have you ever seen the sun look like an LED light? No, it looks like an old style incandescent light. It's orange. It's a soft orange red light, not a bright, intense white blue light. That's that's horrible for us. Because it's not well, supposedly what people were saying. Well, supposedly what people do. The understanding I had was it helped you when somebody had bright lights coming at you. Yeah, oh, maybe it does. It does that's, a lot that's of unnatural people. too. So we're we're using one unnatural thing to to try to combat something else unnatural. See, all of these things. I'm not saying they don't work the way they've been described, but none of these things are good for our health. So we have one part of our life that's unhealthy. Now, all of a sudden, everybody has these screaming high-intensity lights shining at us. So let's put some more high-intensity lights in our cab so we acclimate ourselves to it and make us even less healthy. So a lot of people were putting them up in the da- up in the, above the head- up in the headliner, and people were saying, no, you put the blue light below the sleeper pointed at the, at the windshield and that's how you make it work. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't work. That. I'm just saying it's not healthy. It's a bad idea. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm open to anything. I don't see anybody selling red light. I don't know if it's a specific red light that you're supposed to use. Yes. Is there, a, can you just buy any red light and throw no, it in the truck a, or what? It's a very specific way. Some of the light, most of the light that comes out of this light bulb, you can't even see. Infrared in all of the spectrums, you can't see infrared. But it's there. The sun puts out infrared, but we don't see that part of the spectrum. We see the part of the spectrum that our eyes are capable of seeing. Red light therapy is the same way. When you look at the inside of our infrared sleeping bag, there's no light visible in there. It's completely dark. Well, I saw I saw your boy post something on Facebook, and it looked like some kind of a paint room, paint booth. So I don't know what all that is. That some that kind of a red that's, thing. That's or no maybe? different than what I've got down in the biohacking lab. I have multiple different forms of red light therapy. And sometimes I'll use all of them. 
and much you of the red on your, light, on your you, thing? Can, you can physically see part of the red light spectrum. But when we get to infrared, then you your eye can't see that anymore. You feel it do, as Do you heat. sell that on your side? You feel it as heat. You sell that on your side? We sell the sleeping bag. Do you sell that on your side? Yeah, the sleeping bag we do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to order something from you. I, I don't spend anything on the internet. <laughs> oh, well, good. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm gonna, it's called the My High. M-I-H-I-G-H. My High. M-I-H-I-G-H. Well, I'm going to get my sister that for Christmas. There you go. That's Thanks. incredible. Thanks, Kevin. It, it's also great for detox, very deep detox. All right, Lauren, we have uh, we have wrapped up all the calls. What do you want to close with today? Um. Well, we will be going uh, live on Facebook today at 3 p.m. Eastern. So in just about 45 minutes here. And we're going to be talking about... Well, I will be talking about surviving cold and flu season. So we'll go over some functional approaches, what to not do as well, which are the more fun or the more conventional approaches, and uh, hopefully give some some options to people who are battling and trying to fight off the the cold and flu season. Because I know I wore myself out recently and. I needed to look back at what works for me and dig deep because it had been a long time since I was fighting off a cold. So that's for today. All right. One thing to add to that that you may or may not have on your list. We are going to be um, adding to our Four Sigmatic line here soon. I just need to sit down with Lisa and, and figure out the order and what we're bringing in. Um, I've been working on this for a while. I've just about got it wrapped up. But the one thing you could add for this idea of, you know, the cold and flu season, any of the products we already have in that are listed as defend. So I do know we have the mushroom coffee with chaga. So a couple times a week, you could just replace your typical coffee or your morning drink with the, um, the mushroom coffee with chaga. Uh, excellent for the immune system. So adaptogens can help us with a lot of things, stress and and stress balance, but they're also really powerful for balancing our immune system and strengthening it. Definitely. So we will be getting some more, I believe one of the creamers is uh, defense. And I think we're going to be getting that one in. So Um, I will probably work on that next week. I've got to spend the next day or two getting ready to get out of here for this conference. Um, But I'll probably work on that next week. But you may want to end that, add that uh, chaga coffee. And I believe, I, I hate when they make me talk about this, but I think I'm supposed to talk about the fact that mushroom coffee, oh no, mushroom chocolate is on sale today. I hate to tell people that because then we run out of mushroom chocolate. It's my absolute favorite chocolate. Um, I should probably go <laughs> stock up since I'm telling everybody. 20% off mushroom chocolate today. So if you are a fan of the mushroom chocolate, and a lot of people are, now's the time to stock up. If you've never tried it, now's a good chance to try it. I love that stuff. 
Yeah. I've, like I said, I had only tried, I've only tried it once and it was so good. So yeah, that will be on my list for, for something to get. <laughs> I better put my, I better put my order in though, if we're talking about it now. Exactly. You're right. Yeah. Gonna fly out. Yep. All right. Um, one other thing here, I just noticed Matt sent this to me um, earlier today and I missed it. We were talking about the Garmin GPS and setting max speed. Um, Matt said under vehicle. So you're in the vehicle screen, click on the wrench. And on that menu, you'll find your setting for maximum speed. So good tip there. Uh, all right. You are going to be live on Facebook. What time is that? That's at, it's in 45 minutes. Well, in about 40 minutes, it's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Got it. Perfect. All right. So join Lauren there. Another chance to learn more about uh, getting through this coming cold and flu season. Honestly, you know, I'm glad that we are all healthy and we have a good, strong immune system because I I think it is going to be a tough season. There are a lot of sick people. I know you are absolutely right. And, you know, on in Healthy Tribe, we've been getting questions about, you know, sore throat remedies and all of these other questions. So I think it is a very timely topic. You know, here's the, the one thing I want to kind of warn people about. And I, I try to remember this, too. And, and getting sick earlier this year reminded me um, none of us are invincible. Uh, you know, no matter how clean we eat, no matter how strong our immune system is, no matter how much we've worked on stress, if we are around enough people with a big enough viral load, we can still get sick. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and that's just this time of year. I'm going to an event right now. I'm going to be on an airplane. I'm going to be shaking hands and meeting a bunch of new people and going out to dinner with people and you know, riding in crowded cars. That's just what happens at these events. And I am spending, you know, this week doubling down on all of this stuff, trying to make sure my immune system's strong enough that I don't get sick during an event like this. And I don't worry that, you know, I'm going to get COVID and end up in the hospital or I'm going to get the flu so bad I'll end up in the emergency room. But four days, the last time I got it was pretty damn uncomfortable. And I didn't get a whole lot of work done. So I, I just want to avoid that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you're going to have some great advice about that. And uh, I will be back tomorrow. I am going to do the show because I don't have to leave till tomorrow afternoon. Friday's show is pre-recorded. Uh, it's just about an hour of um both John and Joel joined me yesterday. We recorded a show, so you won't miss any shows. And then I will be back Sunday night. So I'll be live again Monday morning. So there's the schedule. Make sure to join Lauren here in about 40 minutes on Facebook. And Lauren, thanks as always for joining me today. Thank you, Kevin. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy always. Do the hard work and master the journey.